Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 47. John, how are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing really good tonight, man. This is the second half of the Jersey J Cup. This was a, a lot. I think that's the best way to put it. I said after the first episode, like, or I'm sorry, the first round, it was exhausting. This was pretty much the same thing, man. I was just drug out after this one. It was so much drama, so much excitement. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> that was I, a long answer. I had the same thing. Watch this. I was like, man, I can't believe this. Still got to come out for three more matches this round. And yeah, for those of the competitors that made it to the finals, but I was thinking the same way. I'm like, man, that was all the first round, two and a half hours of eight matches. But Ooh. as we talked about, it was a, it was incredible matches. So I definitely can't complain. I just wondered how they would kind of top themselves on the, mm, yeah. The quarterfinals, the semis, and the finals on the Jersey J Cup Part 2. So, once again, the Jersey J Cup is from the White Eagle in Jersey City, New Jersey. And J Cup Part 2 is starting from the final eight now. And Mm -hmm. we will go into the first round of round number two as Speedball Mike Bailey goes against Commander. And I was shocked to see Speedball started off round two. Like, that was the most shocking thing because he just ended round one and then coming back out for round two was uh, very shocking to me because he had a 20-minute classic with uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan, Jonathan Gresham. Right. I, I just thought they would give him a little bit more break, but they did have like two and a half hours or three hours in between. So they still got some rest, but that was the most shocking thing to start off this match for me. Okay. So I'll kind of give away a little secret. Sometimes one of the finalists, if not the winner is generally in the first or second match when they come back for the second half. I'm saying this is across the board. The reason being, it allows the person who's going to be in the finals to have more rest. So, yeah, just wanted to let you know that's not a GCW thing. That's not a. And of course, that always changes. Anybody who's intelligent will change that uh, formula every now and then. But okay, so Bailey and Commander both start the match by standing on the top corner turnbuckle. I don't know if anyone else noticed that they were on opposite sides. The top rope standoff. Neither were basically intimidated by the other, and they were not afraid to show it. So uh, strategically, oh, go ahead, man. No, I was I found it funny when Bay- Bailey was doing it because like he's just like, no, you get down, and the commander's like, no, you get down, and then Bailey started doing something. He was like slapping his leg. I couldn't understand what he was trying to talk. He was talking to the fans as he was doing it. I was very interested. Like, mm, I couldn't tell like, you. Oh, he needs to go down there first. I'm gonna kick him. See, and then like slapping his leg. Like I'm gonna kick him down. So strategically, Bailey was basically not giving up the high ground. That's what I was noticing this whole time. That's just exactly what he was trying to do. Also, Speedball was still slightly limping from that earlier leg damage from Gresham. It was really obvious. And again, I'm going to mention it again, but he did such an awesome job selling the injury. And especially as the night went on, just fantastic. I was going to say, you. I think you mentioned the same thing, right? With Bailey's yeah, the selling. Yeah, that, that just goes off of like the, my first point in the round one was that like all the all the competitors that won, you end up seeing them selling at the end of the match or even during their match. And I was now that round two started, I was wondering if uh, they would continue to do so, and they absolutely did. And I love it because it just adds more story, more drama to the entire tournament. And so this is kind of one of these weird things, and I really should have mentioned it in another spot. But I was realizing how much I love the blue lighting in the background. There's blue lighting that are shining on all the walls in the halls. 
And so if you look at it with the lights turned down in the place, all you see are these beautiful white areas where the hall is, and then you see these beautiful, you know, pretty blue lights. And I like that place. I hope that they come back here more often, especially for their bigger shows, because it looks so good. Yeah, I definitely like the lighting and like the, especially in the background too. You constantly on the hard cam, you saw the J Cup like logo and stuff like that to kind of. It just made it more prominent that what we were watching was pretty like incredible to see because of the only tournaments being really out there for the independent wrestlers of bowl and stuff. I really like how they kind of hammered home this whole J Cup, J Cup, J Cup to make it feel way more important than kind of what probably a lot of fans going into it. Uh, thought of but i know by the end of the, like the, especially the first round they were talking about how great it is seeing all these competitors just kill it in the first round and mm-hmm. it's how it's right up there as we've always said right up there with bola too so um i did like the lighting to kind of make that more prominent in the background so the other thing i noticed was about the first six to seven minutes of this match was more like a fun style there was a lot of trading chops playing mind games with each other it was a lot of um sizing up that's what I noticed in this. It really took the second half of that match it was about seven to the 12 and a half minute mark when it finished to where the wrestling finally kicked into gear. Now, within that time, I'm going to mention just a couple spots because there there was a lot there. Bailey hit a top rope dragon screw. Looked beautiful. Commander hit a top rope Spanish fly. Bailey hit that triangle moonsault to the outside on Commander. Commander runs the top rope into a cross body onto the floor. Commander also has a beautiful shooting star spra- uh, press. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before. And then lastly, I'll mention that Commander, again, he ran the top rope into a shooting star. And I mean, that was in probably about a six minute stretch. Just beautiful back and forth between these two. Yeah, and as you said, the comedy part too. I forgot. Like, not only did they do the at the very beginning, they were on opposite on opposite corners, but then, like, as the match started, they did like a couple little like exchanges, then went back to the opposite corners and where their mm-hmm. opponents were, and went right back up top. And uh, Veda Veda Scott on commentary kind of mentioned how Speedball's like, okay, hold on, we're gonna go down on three. Are we doing one, two, three, go? Are we jumping on three? What's the deal? Like they're, oh, trying, yeah. to, they're trying to figure it out. And uh, Veda kind of talking about how it's like the most important question in their household. Because uh, they always seem to get into arguments about that. I found that pretty funny. So I don't know if you noticed also, but the fans were truly spit. Uh, truly spit, truly split. <laughs> face versus face. That was really an interesting dynamic. But of course, when you have one side or the other, you're going to get one or the other. So yeah, this is face versus face. And the fans really didn't know what to do. I think that they were judging who they cheered more by how the match was dictated by the wrestlers in the ring. I think that they were pulling the strings on this one and the crowd was eating from their hands and reacting exactly how they wanted. Yeah. And uh, another fun spot too is the, you know, when Bailey does like the chops and then sometimes he'll like chop his opponent from behind and like, mm-hmm. and then like he goes, okay, hold on. My bad. Sorry. Here, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You can get my back. Go ahead and do it. And they had a nice little chop exchange on backs. I thought it was funny because I, I really enjoy when Bailey does that spot. And that just shows another side of not just his work rate in the ring of constantly go, go, go and having great matches. But whenever it is time to do kind of like the storytelling, the facial or this one, this is more comedy at the beginning. I really like how I was able to switch modes and still have an entertaining and classic match where we're talking about the action and not you've you talked about all the action. I'm talking about all the fun comedy spots, but yeah, obviously yeah. the action spots are for this J cup that are going to be uh, talked about way more often, but I like how he's able to switch gears and go in between comedy and serious. 
Well, so that's really what it was, though. You're covering that 50% yeah. <laughs> that was one part. I'm covering the other 50%. So I'll go ahead and go with the winner here. Mike Bailey pulls it out with my favorite move, the tornado kick, into a flamingo driver. That flamingo driver is deadly. A lot like a one-winged angel almost to a degree. Um, these men had a more reserved first half of the match, almost like they were kind of warming up again. And I think that was obvious that they kind of should do if you've ever been a sports fan or played uh, sports that's my dog could you hear my dog that that's lucy probably lucy <laughs> that's probably lucy but if you've ever played sports it's really hard to do anything after halftime and once you get back on that court or back on the field man that's what those warm-ups are for because you're a little creaky like anybody's played sports they sit down for 10 minutes get back up their ankles hurt feet hurt that's kind of what seemed to be going on here they showed a lot of personality. They had a lot of fun. And then the second half was just serious. It was um, well done by both men. And both men, at the end of this, they were given a very respectful ovation from the fans. Yes, and I think Commander did a great job during this match. This was another step up for competition in GCW for him to go against uh, Speedball. And I think, once again, because of his dynamic moveset and how over he is with the crowd, because of that I think that really helped him during this match but he also held his own with bailey on the technical uh on the groundwork as well because they didn't go to ground too much but whenever they did you saw like commander right there with bailey and that's a side of commander we haven't really seen often other than the one match i just always recall is him versus tony depp and that was his first singles match in gcw but and the only other thing uh, something just came to mind here we need to see them run that back and i think they need to do it without the injury thing going on there's a lot going on there, man. They they really could main event easily. Yeah, I I definitely was intrigued with this match, and it definitely lived up to the type that I had because I I enjoyed how they did the comedy, but as you said, like mixed it in because I was mm-hmm. thinking the same thing too. I was that's why I was kind of surprised that this first session was only one round because then now you're going to have a two two and a half hour three hour break in between the next round, and then if they whoever advanced had to wrestle three matches in about three hours and that's just yeah crazy putting in work yeah and that's why i thought the extra break as you said kind of especially since some of these matches were really hard hitting and like bailey was more technical with the leg injury just to kind of get that leg back into game motion as you said some i I always go to the athletes when they're just on the treadmill and on the bike like yeah even though i'm not in the game i'm still keeping warm keeping my muscles loose keeping my joints loose. good right as soon as i stop it tightens up it's going to be over for the rest of the night and uh, that's always a background struggle i found in like these tournaments i wonder not just the physical grueling capacity that these uh, wrestlers have to go but also the mental uh grind during these tournaments because that's a kind of keep your head in the game for that long and kind of fight phase out the pain and stuff like that that's uh yeah, not easy to do. So, okay, something funny that I was going to mention later in the show, but I think this was a good spot for it. I'm a big fan of using tape, using braces to kind of sell the injuries later in the tournament. I think it'd be really cool if someone would have put on an, a shoulder brace or someone would have taped up their wrist. It would have made it just a touch more believable, and I'm a big fan of that. So it's it's not bad. It's not saying anything. It was just something that came into my head and I went, you know what? It's real easy to tape someone up and it would look good. It always looks good. Fans always see, they see a cast. They're like, oh my God, his arm's really broken. And you never know. And especially during a tournament, it's a nice, easy visual reminder of what 
that competitor went through earlier in the exactly yeah i i'm right there with you i like that too but overall great opening match for round two as mike bailey does advance to the semifinals, and that will lead us into the second round or second matchup of the second round as jordan oliver goes against charles mason and i loved the reaction jordan got going into this and i think mm-hmm. that's because uh how much the crowd <laughs> Hated what Charles Mason did in the first round to Billy Starks, but also how much the crowd was really behind Jordan throughout this whole tournament. And um, yeah, Jordan came out and he was not messing around. He did. There was no smiling, uh, none of the jovial stuff that we see Jordan do. He just came out and right away attacked Mason in the corner and got the one up on him. And I like how he literally had to be dragged off of Mason from the corner because how much he was attacking him. It just kind of shows like how much he really wanted to win the tournament, but also how much of an asshole Charles Mason really is. Yeah. I even have in my notes here, Jordan came out to a huge pop, the Jordan chance, oh, fuck yeah. him up, Jordan, fuck I him up. Like, <laughs> Oh hell yeah. And um, well, that's because it was just so obvious. It just made sense that we both put the same damn thing down on paper there. That means it came across TV real good. Mason is the devil. That's all I see with the black and red. I love it. Yep. Maybe he should go to an all black suit and do the red shirt, maybe a red tie. Like it, it would clash a little, but when he fights, sometimes he wrestles in that shirt. It'd be really cool to see him in black pants and a red shirt like the devil. So, Hey, I like the red and black though, too. Like I'll, those are like red, black and white are my favorite colors. So whenever he was right, right. I saw that suit. I'm like, well, that's a fancy suit. If I ever had, had to wear a suit, I want one like just like that. Cause the red just popped out. Yeah, I always think of somebody like him. He's he's got to have a role as a devil or something at some point. And on top of that, you put in there that he has that look on his face and it's just fantastic. Mason was getting real heel heat from the fans. He was biting Jordan's nose at one point. He was getting you sick fuck chance. Mason, uh, minute two, Mason was licking his face. Minute five, Mason spits water in Jordan's face. This is the kind of heel work we were getting from Mason, and it was absolutely working. And I don't know how it needs to be done, but all of these heels did so well in this tournament. I mean, they really did a good job because the crowd ate it up completely. Yeah, they were absolutely into it and absolutely against Charles Mason. And I loved how I forgot who it was. Once again, another big shout out to Veda Scott, Nick Knowledge, and Dave Prezak on commentary because they were talking about how will Mason perform in this match going against Jordan? Is he he doesn't have any personal vendetta? And usually everybody that we see Mason against, he has a personal vendetta against. And with him not having really anything in of history that any it wasn't even talked about. And I don't know of any history between Charles Mason and Jordan. Um, to see how if Charles Mason would kind of would he go for like how he did with Billy of just torturing Billy, or will he actually wrestle and try to get pick up the victory and just right just go for a straight wrestling match instead of putting the hurt on the opponents? And once his shirt came off and like like he was ready to go, and I liked how it was kind of a sw- not a switch of personality, but a change of his personality as he still did his all dastardly deeds and stuff like that. But he realized he had a tougher opponent, and he wanted to step up and take him more serious. And it showed in a different uh, form of Mason in this match. So this is the spot in the tournament where Jordan gets injured in his left arm. It's important to say that because this injured left arm plays a key role in the rest of this tournament for Jordan Oliver. But Mason spends a lot of time working on that injury. He circles Jordan like a shark. I've always liked that. 
Mason was primarily in control for the first half of the match. Jordan takes control back at around the nine minute mark for a very short amount of time. I'm with you. We said this on the last episode. The JCW chants sound fantastic, right? Yeah, I love Tarnica's. Even though it's a GCW thing, that's what the whole it's jersey. It's the JCW uh, brand that's kind of going to be having this belt, even though it's probably going to be defended on GCW programming. Um, as we said, we kind of like how they interweave the talents in between both products or both brands because they're both ran pretty much by the same uh, same company. I think someone also has a little bit more say in in JCW than GCW. I forgot who that person was. Oh, I think it's the oh the orange, not the orange crush people. I think it's the they they do a little bit more stuff uh, with JCW, which is kind of mm. nice because it's another ear, another uh, voice in Brett's ear. So the other thing I noticed in this match was that Jordan was just thoroughly getting beat up. He pretty much took damage until about the last 30 seconds of this match. I think that Charles did a really good job of just putting serious damage down on him. It was one of these, like, if I'm going to lose, you're going to be limping to the finish line. I kind of think that's how that went down. So it ended up being our winner, Jordan Oliver, with the clout cutter here. This was a very rough match for Jordan fans, I would say, as he wasn't in control for maybe more than 20% of the time. And it was just an absolute beatdown. He took a lot of damage here and it made his future matches in the tournament from here on. His chances looked a little bleaker after this because of the amount of damage he took in this round with Charles. And going back to how you were saying Charles was working the arm, I kind of, I really enjoyed how they did that because it was um, calling back to Alex Shelley working on the arm with the Motor City stretch earlier and him like realizing, kind of like watching the tournament, he's paying attention like of a future opponent if he advances and whoever advances to go against him, he was watching and it was made it seem cool because um, he knew that Jordan's arm was hurt and he attacked it and I love the body part storytelling is an old school feel in this match because of what Alex Shelley did. And I, I thought it was hilarious too at the end when Charles Mason uh, <laughs> grabbed someone's crutches and started walking through the curtain at the end. <laughs> like, okay. He does have a little, like, I think that was the first time we, I've, we've seen him not be an asshole to him. Even though he probably was, he probably like took that right. those crutches from somebody who actually needs them. But when he's kind of did it and then dropped him, I thought that was kind of cool of him. And that's a nice <laughs> little version of a uh, little sneak of the behind Charles Mason of what he really is behind the character uh, behind the character and during this match too I before I move on uh, as we we're talking about the outfits Jordan ended up switching clothes uh, switching clothes switching his gear for this matchup and as we see that now Jordan advances in the next round he changes gear as well so I like how he's keeping the look fresh and keeping it uh, each round feeling important but also uh, keeping the fresh gear look for match number three in the second round, it is the bad boy Joey Janela going against Leo Rush. And the one piece of uh, information I found very interesting and commentary made note of it, which I was very happy of, was them calling back to the history of Joey and Leo. Kind of how Leo Rush was on his way out of wrestling and then Joey kind of begged him to show up to... I think it was homecoming when I looked it up. I originally thought it was Joey Janela's spring break, but it was... Uh, homecoming where Joey Janela and Leo Rush fought and then Leo Rush was very happy that with his match against Joey he realized he still had it Joey talked him up the crowd was awesome and that made Leo Rush come back and go against ACH 
and they had a mm. great match. And then that solidified Leo's like, yeah, I'm staying here. And it's all because of you, Joey. Thank you for bringing my love and GCW uh, bringing my love back in wrestling. And then that's when now we kind of see him a little bit more often in GCW. But I really like the callback on commentary of bringing up their past history um, in GCW. Because I think someone said that this might be Leo Rush's most uh, or like most known rival. But whenever I think of Leo Rush and his greatest rival in GCW, I always think back to Blake because they always, him and Blake yeah. Christian had a lot of matches and a lot of crazy matches um, right before the pandemic in GCW. And even when Leo came back a couple months ago in LA as a surprise before Blake and um, Starboy Charlie's match and Leo just showed up, he's like, yeah, I got my eye on you, Blake. Like me and you had our little thing. So I'm not really watching you. I'm watching Starboy. And I thought that'd be cool if like he ended up going against Starboy later in the tournament because then he could make a call back to, yeah, see, I've been watching you for months now and I know your game but this was a this was a fun match it was not as long as i thought it would be but it told a great story of the history between these two yeah we had the bad child versus the bad boy oh that's a good um that's a good i noticed that leo came out looking fresh in this one joey came out with a lot of pain in his walk that left leg was in some bad shape so once the match starts, we had dueling chance, which I found interesting. Both men were playing mind games with each other. This is the second time I'm saying this, but that's because with higher people who have, I was going to say higher experience, but with more experience in the game, they're going to be playing mind games, especially when your body's just a little sore. You're going to kind of resort to whatever uh, resources you have. And, and then if it's mind games, then so be it. It was a fast-paced affair, the only way Leo goes in my uh, in my mind. But there was a funny coincidence here. Nick Knowledge was saying that these guys will fight for a long time. It won't be a five-minute match. We could be here all night. FYI, just for fun, Nick, I love you. This was the shortest <laughs> match of the tournament. <laughs> so once the match settled in, though, the pace finally slowed down. And it was really enjoyable. I'm guessing you have a lot more to talk about than I do on this one because you are definitely a Leo guy. What did you think about Leo on this one? Oh, I like I don't really have anything other than like what, what this was a normal like a fast paced as you said match, but it wasn't nothing new, nothing crazy spot wise or anything. But I really loved like Leo is back. Like he's not just tiptoeing himself in and getting like he is full on back. And I think him being able to go to all these different promotions and now even going to new Japan and wrestling out there. I'm so glad to see him happy because I think when he's not happy with wrestling and he's had his reasons and they're absolutely valid. And this goes back to what we talk about all the wrestlers. Like we see their enjoyment and then like when they're enjoying their work, their work is so much more mm-hmm. um, better because of like, they're enjoying it. They're having fun. They're hitting all the steps at the right time. And I'm just really happy to see Leo rush still have this smile on his face and still, uh, been doing a tournament. Like I was wondering how long he would be in this tournament because I think he just wrestled in Japan a couple days prior. Like even Wednesday or Tuesday, they made mention of it. Like he pretty much just came right from Japan, had like one day off, and then went right into this tournament. But seeing ha- seeing a happy Leo makes me happy because I, as you said, I am a giant Leo Rush fan. I pretty much have been since he's like pure like whatever ring of honor they had like i forgot the name of the tournament they're like newcomer tournament and the first time i saw him go against um donovan Di- or dominic dijack or donovan dijack i forgot what he was called. Mm-hmm. i loved both of them but leo rush was my guy like someone that's that even though like his height isn't tall but he's got the quickness he was so fluid and he, he had an innovative moveset at that time he's still innovating uh 
his moveset as we speak with all the new moves he's still kind of incorporating into it. I enjoy watching Leo Rush and seeing him to go against Joey Janela in this kind of historic like, uh, match with the storied history of uh, their past. I enjoyed how they kind of played into it as well. So our winner in this one ended up being Joey Janela. He had double foot stomps from the top rope onto Leo Rush. No lie, this was the only match I got wrong in the brackets. I was heartbroken because just like you, I wanted Leo to go deeper in this, and I was kind of hoping he'd meet up with Jordan. Yep, that's who I had. I had in the next yep. round was Jordan versus Leo. So once Joey won, my bracket already sucked compared to yours and other people that saw. But when I saw the first round and you were like spot on, I was like, holy shit. And then you hit Jordan. And then, yeah, this is the only match you missed. And that that's incredible. Like, that's hard to do. Just even in rest and not just a basketball, like the, dub, the NCAA tournament, but even in a tournament to get a whole perfect bracket, that's tough. And for you to only miss one out of what, 15 total matches I think they had? Uh, that's great. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, there was only a couple that were like rough picks. Bailey versus Gresham was a rough pick. I felt like whoever won that was going to go straight to the, at least the semis, because they would only have to deal with RS Commander. You know, those are kind of newer people to GCW. So their, um, their overall values still, since they're newer, is a touch lower. And bringing in Gresham and Bailey, um, that's such a high level of talent to bring in. I knew that they were going to go deep. I just didn't know how deep. And again, we were looking at that first match. Sometimes that's where you find a finalist. The Blade Christian Alec Price match, I thought Alec, I'd like to have seen Alec go further. However, Blake Christian has this fantastic heel thing going right now. And now that it's working, there really is no reason to stop the wheels from turning. So I think that's what happened there. We, the uh, scramble, what was going on there was that I felt it was going to be between Dante Leon and Cole Radrick because Dante was fresh out of Japan. He has great name value. So does Cole Radrick, and it only makes sense that someone who was a previous champion would rise to the occasion in you know, a scramble. So that's how that went. Charles Mason, Billy Starks, I felt Mason was going to go ahead because Mason's just fucking evil. Um, Billy versus Jordan Oliver or Alex Shelley would not have made sense in the second round, if that makes sense at all. Uh, I only put Oliver over Shelley only because I had a deep down feeling he was going to take a, a mean run into this. I had Janela over Starboy, but yeah, Leo, Leo and Deppen, that was almost a toss up. But I know if they paid good money to call Leo in to do this tournament, they're going to use him. That's also why I thought that he was going to go up against Janela and go one more round. So yeah, that's why I kind of had the same that's thought the long with answer. Oh, I had the same thought with Shelley as you did with Leo. It's like. Yeah. They brought him in. I thought they would definitely use him more than just the one one matchup. And I, I love the call, obviously, of Jordan getting the victory over Shelly, but I was shocked to like that. I even though I picked Jordan, I was kind of shocked though that they only had Shelly come out for one match. So I thought maybe later on if they did a scramble right before the finals, or in this case they did a tag team, I thought they would uh use Alex Shelley and Leo and that since they as you said, they already brought him out here. Might as well do it since you're having two shows in one day. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well at that point. Um, wow. So far from this point, though, it was just that was my only heartbreaker. Everything else in this from here on out was was smooth sailing, I felt, from from how I was doing. But um, this next round was uh, 
was really interesting. Not this next round, but this next match was just a weird one in my eyes. Um, yeah, go 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 for it, man. <laughs> well, fourth uh, fourth second round matchup. The last uh, <laughs> last one for the second round is Blake Christian going against Cole Radrick, and I like this because this for sure was going to get the face momentum back on to Cole because nobody was going to root for Blake yep. Christian. Even though, like I said, I kind of would like, I was kind of like Cole teasing his uh, little heel run here and there when he was getting booed at the last show. Um, I was happy to see this matchup because I think this is what Cole needed to kind of, if that's what they're going back, going for is to keep him face, which I, I think he still it could do incredible things as a face. I just wanted to see a little change with the heel, but if you're going to keep him face, one way to do that is to make sure you Pit him up, pit him against somebody that you know is only going to get booed, and Blake Christian is the perfect opponent for that. Absolutely, and, and they had a great matchup. I, I, uh, I, even though I didn't think either would get past the first round in my in my uh, bracket, I picked. I think I got into my head too much in my bracket. I was, I was trying to think. Uh-huh. I was trying myself from Brett's head. I'm like, oh well, like JCW. Yeah, I was way too into my head, but uh, I was glad to see this and. For a second round matchup heading into the semifinals, the winner. Um, this was fun. It was got to get a little bit more out of Cole than what we've seen kind of since he's lost the extreme title belt. So I'm trying to go far back here as quick as I can. I'm not going to be able to do it right now in live time, but me and Chase Burnett was having a little thing going on with our with our brackets and he had a great explanation for how he did his and I wish I could find it real quick so I could share it and maybe before the end of this episode I'll find it but I was personally wanting to see Cole pick up his speed against Blake which he absolutely did and the <laughs> Blake was called Ronald Weasley I don't know if you if you heard that Is at that, all okay so in my notes I have what were they chanting at Blake to distract him is that what yeah, they're chanting? they called him Ronald Weasley okay so you're gonna have to explain this because I don't know who the hell Ronald Weasley is I in my okay. I guess, like, in my notes I wrote like I couldn't understand what they were chanting or like what he was getting distracted by and so I'm glad somebody caught it and now it's your turn to educate me here okay I don't know this person. okay Okay, so pull up Dr. Google real quick and put in Ronald Weasley, just like it's spelled on the screen there. W-E-A-S-L-E-Y. Oh, shit. Do you see it? That's the redheaded kid from Harry Potter. Oh, my Uh God. Tell me that ain't great. Right? Wow. Okay, so that Ronald Weasley's his character in Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, the redheaded guy. Yeah, that would would be enough to distract me, too, if I was in the room. Well, I'll tell you what was a freaking distraction. Blake ended up sticking his thumb in Cole's eyes really early in this match on the outside of the ring. Then he went over and they were fighting near the bar. He took a straw from the bar and stuck the straw in Cole's eye. Then he ended up bringing him into the ring, took him up to the top rope, and then stuck the metal ring post. Like, he stuck his eye on the metal ring post. Then he ended up raking his fingers. It's, I'm not big on eye stuff, and it is just so nasty. And it's just like with me, and um, we were just talking about how when someone has a cast on, I'm like, oh, watch their wrist. Same thing. I'm seeing these eye injuries, and it's just, you're so close to really getting injured that it, for me, it's just, ugh. After so seeing Vader's eye injury, I'm the same way, too. Once I kind of see, like, oh, like man. I, some of them they're like obviously you're covering the whole face but like some of them yeah like when they got like sometimes it looks like a fish hook in their eye it's like holy yep. shit yeah stay away from that yeah and l- luckily they trust each other and of course they agree to that but um 
Yeah, if anybody hasn't seen what happens to good old Vader and his eye popping out, go check that out on YouTube when you get a chance. That was him and Stan Hansen back in the day. That was two brutal-ass guys. That was back when wrestling had some more muscle in it when it came to... When you were getting punched by a man 30 years ago, it was going to hurt a lot more than the the punch that normally happens in wrestling today. That's what I meant to say. So if you had Vader today, the punches he would be delivering would be much lighter, like juicy finale, almost like lighter, having incredible, um, being able to have incredible, what's the word for it, when you can kind of control? Yeah, absolutely having incredible control with their punches. So instead of laying heavy hands, being able to, deliver it um safely so both men were in control for about two minute chunks at a time deep into the match and you could see the eyes were still a focus for blake cole hit a backpack stunner funny 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 yes i asked cole to hit a backpack backpack the backpack okay i am on um antibiotics so if anybody ever asks why i'm trying to find words (laughs) that's why i'm finding words today i always get sick during the like the fall and winter season so fuck it it happens uh but yeah cole hit that backpack stunner i was so happy i asked for it for christmas it finally came blake kicks out of little sebastian's curse which has been generally the the move that um yeah it's like kicking out of the one-winged angel it just does not happen i've mentioned the one-winged angel twice now today it's kind of funny uh cole is almost completely blinded and i completely blinded and i like that because in in my notes too i really like how Blake Christian had the great old school heel tactics during this match because he was he was using it perf- to perfection in my eyes and Cole did a great job of selling the eye injuries and still trying to uh trying to compete and hold his own against Blake in advance to the semifinals. But Blake Blake's heel work I, I'm yeah, I could see this all the time and I really enjoy how he's not giving the fans anything that we want and just complete it's obviously a new Blake, but I love seeing this Blake version because he's playing this heel so good and he's bringing in all these old school stuff that I haven't really seen since the early 90s or like when I was watching mm-hmm. as a kid. It's kind of nice seeing these slower paced storytelling matches while doing as much shit as you can as a heel to get the crowd to boo you, to get the referee to admonish you all the time. Like I really enjoy it. And um, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good match. I I'm with you there. There was a lot of heavy heel work coming from Blake and the crowd hates him. It's working. That's exactly what he was trying to do. This was what we were hoping for him. And he didn't like lightning just didn't strike a couple episodes or a couple shows ago. This is really working. So I hope he really sticks with it. That means then when we see Blake Christian, we're going to boo him heavy. We know what to expect. He's going to spoil the shit and we're not going to like it. And we're going to see that if he does win, he's going to try to injure or hurt someone bad. So surprisingly, he didn't try to attack Cole, but things like that can happen. But he's close to that. People want to kick his ass face up a heel. And I think that's a fantastic place to be. How many how many heels are that like that right now? There's really not many. I can think of two. That's it. Who do you got? Oh, Tony Deppin and uh, Charles Mason. <laughs> the kind of yeah. easy ones. Yeah. And I mean, Deppin even kind of goes on the lovable yeah. side of things sometimes. It's so rare to find somebody that's on that. I would love to just fucking punch him in the face. heel. <laughs> He does a great job. Yeah. So we'll go ahead to the finish here. Our winner ended up being Blake Christian with the curb stomp. 
and he's going to be moving on. So what are your thoughts from this point in this match? Uh, I'll, I'll see that in the show. Yeah. Like, God, it's okay. I, so yeah. What, so what I wrote in my, in my notes right here, based off the whole show, I wrote what a great tournament so far. I'm really loving mm-hmm. kind of the old school feel of these matches. It's not just work rate, work rate, work rate, work rate, just go, go, go. They are telling stories and, I I think that's why I enjoyed this a little bit more than Bola. Bola's still kind of like the work rate stuff, and um, mm-hmm. they do do storytelling and stuff like that. But the fans are always hot no matter what's going on. But I th- really think that the heels, Charles Mason, Blake, Tony, uh, Joey didn't work really heel in his match against Leo. Well, I guess he did a little bit, but the old school feeling of these, as you said, these dastardly heels that we just want to reach across the barrier and punch. That's what made wrestling like that's some of the great shit in wrestling is you get that emotion out of fans and whether they're cheering their guts out for you or wanting to throw their piss cups at you in Mexico like, <laughs> to get that emotion is like it's such a good feeling and I, I I that's the main reason I think I enjoyed this tournament so much because I was so emotionally invested in each match um, I think there was only one match I like. I, I didn't feel too emotionally invested in, where it didn't feel like the sense of urgency was there to win this Jersey Jacob and the mm-hmm. Jersey, the new Jersey champion uh, JCW belt. And every single competitor did a great job of making me so invested. Like I, I was paying. I, I, like I said, I was listening to commentary way more often than even if it was late at night. I was like put my headphones on make sure everyone's sleep and turn it up just so I could hear everything about this tournament. Cause commentary did a great job of doing recalls. And that, that was my note on the next match. I loved how they, they did a quick right before the Joey Janela and Jordan match. They did a quick little synopsis of what has happened throughout this tournament to catch fans up on. And this just felt like such a nineties high stakes tournament. Like it kind of felt like King of the ring a little bit, like how the King of ring pay-per-view felt. Where right, that's where I that's where I kind of went to with this one in my notes. I wrote down this feels like old school King of the Ring. So, I'm gonna try to make this my definitive statement when it comes to how I feel about the Jersey J Cup and how it fits into GCW wrestling. It is great when the performers go away from spots and have legit wrestling matches. I'm dead serious. This show showed me more about quite a few of these performers than I had seen in multiple shows. I had no idea what some of these performers were capable of when it comes to putting on, um, you know, putting on injuries, when it comes to showing emotion to the crowd, when it comes to playing it up with the crowd. It feels like when we're watching a typical show, we're trying to get our stuff in, do our thing. We have a match. We're able to breathe a little bit. We move on. It felt like there was just a little more breathability in these matches. And again, I didn't total it up this time. Maybe I'll do that when you're talking, when you get a chance, but the average match time in this show was way higher than I think even part one. So I'll have to look that up when I get a chance, but that's the one thing that I think is the takeaway here was that the wrestlers were showing a level of maturity in their performances overall than we generally see out of them. And that tells me that the people that I am fans of are able to step up when they need to. They've just been holding some of it back at times. And I feel more confident in being a fan of theirs, knowing that their abilities do lie dormant and they can use them at any time. 
That's how I feel about this J cup. My respect for a lot of performers went up knowing that it wasn't just spots and there was a lot more wrestling to each and every one of them overall. Yeah, I agree with it a thousand percent. I think like I love like whenever there is a spot fest going back and forth, back and forth. Like there is a time and place for it, which is for me like I like that all the time. But for this tournament and I that's the only reason I think I got so invested is the way they planned out these matches and laid out these matches and performed these matches where you got really behind the faces and you really wanted to boo the shit out of the heels. And as you said, the old school telling a story during this match, um, or during these this tournament, during the matches during the tournament was awesome. And it was a nice change of pace. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to see it all the time or every single match, but when this time calls for this match is leading into a story or it is part of a storyline, I really like to see these kind of matches tell a deeper story during the match instead of just going out there you said performing the moves and okay i won Mm -hmm. and then they continue it online i think there's a place for that but i also felt that this tournament was the perfect place to slow it down as you said tell stories work body parts get the fans behind you or get the fans against you and every single matching competitor did this and it it was fantastic half half the tournament's done right now going into the semis and i was i I was blown away by this tournament. Round so far, round two ended up being way not way better, but just as good as round one, if not better. Okay, so I'll use the dirty C word here on the GCW show just for a second. I would like to see Cornet review these last this Jersey Cup. I really think that he would find more enjoyable things with GCW out of this show than he would find with most. Because as someone who's grown up on wrestling in a different era. I came to appreciate things out of this show that were there in these performers all along that, you know, we just don't see as often. So when I see the next Jersey J cup roll around again, I'm going to be able to settle in and go, okay, we're going to get some real wrestling today. I'd like to see maybe another tournament here, maybe twice a year, one tournament, maybe another tournament of another name, but this really has been a wonderful showcase to show off the talent that the GCW regulars have. And from a fan, it was just so damn satisfying to see, oh, these aren't just spot people. Oh, aren't these, these aren't people that just get bad mouthed online from this guy. No, these are legit fucking badass wrestlers. They need to be paid attention to. And if this show didn't show it, I don't know which one would show it better in most recent times. Yeah. And I, I'm glad they picked the competitors they did because we got to see a lot more of like, as you said, the non quote unquote GCW, even though they're regulars, they're not like the deathmatch people that are the deathmatch wrestlers that everyone's always talking about and wanting to see this gave the platform to the non extreme, non hardcore, non deathmatch wrestlers to go out there and put on a show and show them like what, as you said, maybe not what they were holding back from, but what they really have to give, given if they're yes, given, the, given time, the time, the platform, and everything else. This is what we could really do. And I thought it was wonderful. And that's why I, one thing I was thinking of, I know it's not going to happen, but I was thinking, like, are they going to turn like JCW into a kind of a non deathmatch kind of company and then kind of keep the GCW <laughs> for the deathmatches? But they haven't really done quote unquote deathmatches a lot lately as i've talked about on this podcast so i knew that wasn't kind of happening but that was a kind of like in my mind i was kind of wondering if they were going to start kind of separating their normal rosters um to these different brands and kind of put on maybe two different styles of shows underneath the jcw umbrella or the gcw umbrella but i think the gcw uh name is just 
way too valuable to not have like your Jordans, your Blakes and all that on there. So um, I quickly got rid of that thought, but that was a thought that did cross my mind during watching this tournament. Um, overall, when it comes to what they're going to do with Jersey right now, they're stacked on top of each other from a, from a company perspective. So I am curious to see what will happen down the road and they brought this Jersey championship in. So it's not like they're going to just let Jersey championship wrestling lay dormant. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with this company. They may move them. They can't move them out West. See, I don't want to say that. So right now, admittedly, I'm blind as shit right now on what they're going to do with JCW in the future. But I'm excited to see that there comes a belt. So who knows? Well, and Jordan, they just announced while we were recording this uh, 20 minutes ago that Jordan. Uh, well, uh, oh, we'll get the, we'll get to it later. We'll get there later. Um, but yeah, I, I almost said a spoiler there, but uh <laughs> I'm sure most people have seen this, but know, we can go. We'll go. We'll go. We'll announce. Hey, I will announce something there, fun. I can't sit there and I say I hate hearing spoilers, and I give them out during my own podcast. I can't. That's do true. That. <laughs> okay, so I was speaking of the devil earlier, and the devil must have answered. I put a message on Twitter a while back that said Charles Mason needs to be appreciated for what he's doing. He has a very bright future ahead of him. He's a true deep down heel. The stories, the scowl, the outfit all match perfectly. Pay attention to the career of Charles Mason. Get in early. That's what I wrote on Twitter, and he liked it just a couple seconds ago. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so that's our, uh, hey, we don't know what we were just talking about. So that was my, uh, I changed the subject. How well, did that work? Right before the tournament, too, like, <laughs> I don't think we talked about it, or maybe we did, and, like, if I did, we could just kind of keep end it right there. But did you see, like, the video of him announcing who he's going against? Like, the Blake, how they had the, did we talk about how they had, like, uh, vignettes yeah the vignette of like he's out front and he has like four people lined up on the ground and like they all have like hoods on it's raining he's standing over them oh yes i loved it yeah that's the shit that we kind of been asking for a long time ago like hey continue these stories through social media make a one or two minute promo and he's always been really good at that and i thought that one was a very cool way of uh revealing even though it was after they announced the scramble it was kind of already known the last two competitors were billy and um charles mason who they're going against but i thought that was a really cool reveal of who he was going to go against in the first round or who he wanted to go against in the first round i thought that was a cool little thing that he did and he continues and always does to get more uh fan interact not fan interaction but more feedback of or not feedback i think can't think of the word but like getting us more uh, involved of what invested, his, invested yeah. there we go not involved invested of what his future and upcoming match will be and i think that's another reason i really do like charles mason even though uh, his in <laughs> i do actually kind of like totally love what he's doing but as long, as, as, think... we said, as long as he's staying away from my favorites do what you need to do charles no i get that i get that um i think he's bringing art to the art that's what's going on here. He's bringing stories to the art form and it's appreciated. We're talking about it, aren't we? Guess what? We'll remember that. I love that. That's how it works. That's how when you put effort into these things, it pays off in the long run, I think, especially for people who are trying to get their footing. Let's talk about something really small for a second. I have grown up around females watching wrestling since I was young. Do you want to know what hooks them? Storylines. Go ahead and tell me it's one of two things. It's either butts or storylines. And that's how it's always been. So I'm just saying, if you want to attract more female fans, a great way to do it 
is storylines. I've heard, I don't know how many times over the last 30 years, what did that asshole say? What did she say to him? I can't believe he said that. Kick his ass. They, yeah. Yeah, that's how my wife was. Work. Once, once she became a fan of Jordan and the wrestling, and kind of wrestling mostly for Jordan and everything. And that was at the same yeah. time he was going through all his shit with Atticus. And every time, I, I, I even bought like a couple of Atticus shirts and, and merch and stuff like that. So, like, every time I wear it, she, like, even when around the house, like, she'll just, like, give me the side eye, like, really? You're going to wear that around me kind of stuff? Cause she hates <laughs> Atticus because of all the storytelling that they did of him, uh, busting up jordan's eye and nick wayne's eye and stuff like that like so as you said like every time she saw Atticus, she's like oh this fucking asshole and flipping them off and stuff like storylines it's it's, yeah she got way more invested and now knows atticus's name because of as you said the story with jordan and atticus where i think like some of the times that jordan wrestles against like a biff Busick or bandito for the one time ever and like i tell her how big of victories these are because these are giant names and usually people that don't lose when they're brought into companies to perform they usually go in and win and jordan got victories over two of them if i could put right now both of them in front of her she wouldn't know either one because there was no story involved in it where atticus is main that was the main story of 2021 with jordan of uh kind of fighting that fighting the death match of him trying to bring Deathmatch Wrestling back to GCW, and that got her more invested in wrestling and GCW wrestling uh, with Jordan as well. And that will lead us into our semifinal, the first semifinal matchup, as Jordan Oliver goes against Joey Janela. And this this was great. I think this might have mm-hmm. been, up until this point, my favorite match of the tournament was Arez versus Commander. Uh, speedball aggression was right up there too, but I think just the 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 newness of seeing Commander versus Arez kind of in my book put them above. But this match was great. We talk about story selling selling injuries, old school match. This was all of it, and I was so glad to see this match get as much time as is. It was close to twenty nine minutes. This match, and there was a lot going on. More of working holds and telling stories and not doing as we were talking about the pot, the high spots. And I think that this match was end up being probably the most memorable in my opinion of the tournament, just because how well Joey and Jordan worked to work together. Okay. So I'm, this is, you're right. 29 minutes. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to kind of do a rundown on this one because my notes are so extensive. And if you want to kind of hold a finger up to stop me so that I can kind of stop so you can get some points in because I don't want to run over you. It's just this match had such fluidity to it. I don't want to break the story too much because there was just so much going on in this. This was really the fight for Jordan in in this tournament. I mean, Joey Janela was like the stumbling block if there was going to be one. So they really had a hell of a story they told here. So here's how this kind of went. When Jordan came out, you could tell that he was heavily favoring that left arm, as in it was damn near a dead arm and he would hold on to it for most of the time. He would even get into the ring and you'd see him favor it before you know he would do his pose. It was just the way it was. Yep. Now, Joey's left leg really hurting. He couldn't jump up on the apron. You can see he actually failed and he had to turn around and go elsewhere to kind of get into the ring. I think that was well done. And um, that's the way it should be. I was really concerned how these two were really going to go at it, especially given that I kind of knew ahead of time it was a half an hour match and they were walking out like they could barely get to the parking lot at, you know, in Walmart. So I didn't know how this was all going to go. But 
Oliver opens up a touch better than Joey expected, and I loved it. Joey was playing the heel, obviously, and he is working Jordan's injured arm to heavy booze. Now, to be fair, if any other wrestler was doing that, chances are they wouldn't have gotten booed as much. And let's be honest, the point of wrestling is to do things like that. But Janela did it so damn well that that's where the booze were actually generated from. So the work that Janela did on the side, that drama is what actually sold that move more than anything else that was done there. Minute five and they're brawling outside the ring and to the bar for a short time. But Joey was mostly in control. The next few minutes are Joey working Jordan's arm. No kidding. There was a lot of work on that arm. Ten minutes in, Janela has beaten on Jordan bad and Janela has an evil smile. He knows he has Jordan down by this point. I will mention, though, there was a nice spot. Jordan has a fantastic super kick. I'm mentioning it because those long legs, it's always looked good. I know it sounds funny coming from someone like me, but I really mean that. I'm a big fan of long legs and long arms. They always make wrestling moves look good. It's just how it is. Minute 13 and Joey collides with the ring post and he is bloody. That's, I believe, our first and only blood of the match. Is that correct? Yep, that was in my notes too. This is the first blood that we've seen all night. Yeah, it's rare. And same thing. Like I said, this was um, not the typical GCW. That's why I said I'd love to see Cornette watch this. But I'm noticing the fans aren't moving. Be smart. Remember, getting out of the way also protects the performers. I have seen one or two guys accidentally crick their fucking necks or accidentally have to move their legs or arms or something and hurt themselves because they're trying to just not injure or hit you. Just, uh, I know I sound like the dad here at this point, but just, I, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, please be careful. Yeah. I wanted to piggyback on that. Cause I had that in my notes a couple times too, but I didn't want to really say anything because it's some of the fans don't move. Some fans do move. I'm one of the ones that just move out. Uh, some just, some yeah. may not be able to. Exactly. Yeah. So I like, I didn't want to like, go to, into it but that this during this match too and the leo the first the real time this one the, when i had this in my notes was during the joey versus leo match where they both kind of hit their uh, suicide dives on the outside but like the way leo does it he gets so much space where like they're mm-hmm. going to hit like joey and joey's going to fly back five rows because that's how much speed that uh, leo has while he does it but when he hit joey you can see like the fans just kind of put their knees up and joey gets hit by the face with leo and then falls into these fans knees and like bends his yeah. backwards like you can even see it on his face he kind of like does a quick turnaround like like fucking move like I'm th- i was the same way like after i saw that i'm like guys fucking move like i know like you want to be right, part of it right. but like as you said like sometimes like when they tell you to move get your shit and move just like for the safety of you or for them because i i have seen like the frustration of some of these wrestlers but as you said the fans weren't moving and um i i, I just noticed that part too i'm, gl- I'm just kind of glad you called that out i find it weird it's almost like venue by venue show by show Every now and then you'll just get a crowd that doesn't move as much. Don't move at all. You have some that they are more than happy to clear out yep. because they want a front row seat to the action. Move out, get a front row seat. And I That's think just they, the way it works. And I think like after they did, they didn't go back to that crowd. Like they went to another side to do those rings because like, hey, they, they safety reasons. Some, go, let's go try this somewhere else. And um, I'm glad you called that out because I did have that in my notes, but I didn't want to say nothing because like as we said, it, it is what it is. Was it luckily this time it didn't really affect anything? But it's just funny because we just said that the last on um, not the last podcast, but one of the recent podcasts were like guys like like we've seen some of these fans not moving, and sometimes you just gotta pick up your shit and get the hell out the way just for your safety or the fan or the wrestler safety, obviously uh, first and foremost, since they're the ones performing and entertaining for us. Um, 
before you head on to the rest of your your thing, one thing I noticed at the beginning of the match, mm-hmm. Jordan does like this super chop on, on to Joey, and like Joey oh, like grabs yeah. his chest, looks at him, falls to the ground, falls out of the ring. Like I love <laughs> Joey selling on that part um, of that chop because it just it made it looked made it uh, looks even more cool than just a normal chop. But the selling of injuries by both competitors once again told an amazing story. And Joey has a lot of little intricacies that he does, as you said, while selling. Like that one where he went to the like on the apron, he's like, "Oh shit, I can't do this." Like, where's the steps at? All right, I'm gonna go over here and try pulling myself up <laughs> on this leg and not that leg. And I, I, he did that a couple different times during this match, and I loved every single time he did it because it just added that little touch to make the story and the match more interesting. Okay, so here we go on to this next part here. So minute 15, and Janela has a real ankle pain on his left side. You can even see where he's on the ground, and he's talking with the referee about this spot. The referee actually pulls back some of the padding that's protecting his uh, his ankle down there, and he's actually checking underneath the shoe to see what's going on. Who knows what was really going on down there, because Joey is dastardly. Jordan hits the iconoclasm on Joey, plants him face down on the ring apron. It was a fantastic looking move, so I just wanted to mention it there. And I'm glad he did that move too. Like I think, uh, I think one of the commentators made it. I, I think uh, I could be mistaken. That's like Trent Acid's move. I think it is or something. He was Jordan was hailing Trent Acid the whole yep. tournament, all the way down to the pants. And I, and I loved it too because, like I said, I think that moves a Trent Acid move, and they pulled it out. And they're like, "Oh, like he." I think he trained with Trent Acid. He really looked up to Trent Acid, and he always tries to model himself. And that just leads me just real fast to my next point because Nick Knowledge made mention of Jordan's history with the Acid Cup and winning once again. And uh, once once this move happened, I think that's when he said, and like how it was a great shout out to. Um, Trent Acid from Jordan since he really looked up to him. And that's also the main reason since he did win the Acid Cup, I did not think Jordan would win this tournament. That's kind of why I didn't put him on mm-hmm. my card to win it because he's already won one and maybe they're going to give it to someone else. But uh, we'll see as the match goes on. So both men are beat up hard in this thing. And you can see Joey's severely limping. Jordan's not using that left arm at all. If you saw these guys in Walmart, you'd probably, I mentioned Walmart twice tonight. (laughs) You would probably ask them if they were okay and see if they needed help, have them sit down and probably get them something to drink because it really did look that bad. Fantastic job on their part. Both men traded punches and chops for the next few minutes. It's truly blow for blow. They look like equals and they have a shared goal. Joey's trying to maintain his position on the top of that mountain, and Jordan is on his way up the mountain. And let's be fair, we don't talk about it enough. Joey is also a gatekeeper of GCW. And we haven't went too deep into that, but it's something worth mentioning. And I just wanted to say, here we are again, where you know Jordan has to go through Joey Janela if he wants to get anywhere, and a 30-minute match, man. Wow. And... Once again, another callback to the, just the history between these two. When I remember Jordan was still kind of coming up and he was getting like play Christian booze, like everybody hated Jordan. And he went against Joey Janela in AC. I don't know if that was the last time they run against each other. I have to look that one up because it feels like a long time ago, but I don't feel like I've seen these two go against each other since then. But that match was really all, as you said, that is that was Joey of, hey, this is GCW, like, kid, you want to come in here and drop that shit attitude? And, like, they, he was, like, beating the shit out of Jordan during this match. And that's when Jordan was kind of getting the shit beat out of him by a couple different opponents in GCW. And it's kind of like a, hey, 
you're, as we said, this is the, you said the gatekeeper. Like if you could survive this yeah. and put up with our shit during these matches and still have the crowd behind you and, and, um, still have the crowd want you to come back and you still want to come back after us kicking your ass, like all for it, but you're going to, we're going to make you earn it. And I think that's why this match started was Joey kind of going back. It's like, Oh, see, you're still that kid. You're not, you're not who you think you are. And Jordan fighting back is like, no, I'm different. I'm not that same kid no more. I am at the top of my game. I'm better than you've ever seen me put some respect on my name. If not, I'm going to take you from you during this match. And I think that's how the match kind of played out after the early kind of uh, bullying from Joey at the beginning. So I don't know how long it's been in the making, but just Jordan has just been on an upward trajectory. And it seems like the only thing that has changed is his mindset. I think that's something that I hope a lot of other wrestlers see. And I think that's something I hope a lot of other people see. I think he's trying to put down a good example here. And I like it a lot. I think that's something that's not seen as much in wrestling anymore. Because sometimes when it's done, is looked at as cheesy. And in this scenario, it doesn't look cheesy at all. What it looks like is someone's working their ass off. They get on Twitter or Facebook every day. They say, hey, you know, we got things to do. Even if you feel sad, get the fuck up. Let's fucking go. We've got work to do. I like that about Jordan, too. I really, that attitude is awesome. Yeah, that positive uh that positive mental uh, attitude has been PMA. And, and actually, like, I know, like, for me, there's a couple of like, I'll wake up, I'm at work, I'm like, oh my God, I fucking hate, I'm here. And then I see Jordan's like, oh, come on, even though we don't feel good, we got we got work to do, we got stuff. Even if it's something you don't like, just get it done and then go work at towards your ultimate dream and goal. It's like, God damn it, Jordan. You're not supposed to motivate me here. I just want to stay at work. Uh, he's fucking, young. I want to just stay at work and fucking be miserable. Just leave me alone. <laughs> but it, also, it does like make me change my mind. And uh, I obviously need a lot more uh, positive mental attitude. So uh, it is working, Jordan. So just keep on doing it because it is nice to see. As you said, nice, it is nice, nice to see. change of pace to see in wrestling. Well, imagine if you saw 300 messages like that on Twitter every day or 300 messages like that on Facebook every day. I think everybody would pick everybody up if that was the uh, if that was the way it was. So minute 24, Joey hits a superplex on Oliver. There's a roll up double pin as both men were down. So this is where the referee had to come out. A separate referee had to come out and they discussed with the main ref and they had to decide how this match was going to move on because both men were down. It was a double count out. So after all was said and done, Emil grabbed the mic, and of course, like I love that uh, wrestling does, they say, no, 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 this match has to continue, and the crowd freaking roared. It was fantastic. The temperature got turned up in the White Eagle Hall. That was that was really what was apparent at this point. The crowd came alive. Joey catches a, supru- a surprise super kick, and it is not looking good for Oliver. Minute, 20 ma- uh, minute 28, they're brawling outside the ring. The last minute, and the men are basically trading two counts. Jordan is doing everything he can to put away Janela. Jordan hits the brain buster into an acid kick into our finish, where our winner is is Jordan Oliver, where he hits the cloud cutter on Janela, and he will be going to the finals. Your thoughts? I loved that false <laughs> finish. Uh, once again, it made me feel like I was watching this time. I was feeling like I was watching Attitude Era uh, wrestling because of the the false finish. The referees coming out trying to decide who wins, and the, as you said, the restart of the match. I loved it because I I don't think we've seen it in GCW in the messy fuckery. Yeah, I don't think we've seen that kind of in GCW since I think you know, one time. You know what I remember? RSP remember back in the game. day, Lauderdale came in with his uh, with what, his shirt on. That, There's some fuckery. That's where I was going with it with 
with RSP and um, oh, okay. and Nick yeah. Gage and Brett Lauderdale's like, oh, we we need a ref. Here we go. Here I'll be ref. That's what uh-huh. I'm, that's exactly what I'm leading up to. I don't think we've seen it in GCW since then, and I loved it. Like I enjoyed it. Um, I, it it was tense. Like I really wonder what they're yes. going to do. Are they just going to like? Because it's going into the finals, I knew there had to be a winner. But I was just like, if that happened in the first or second round, like I've seen in other tournaments where sometimes there is like uh, some uh, DQ or double count out or both competitors can't continue on. So the whoever got moved into the next round gets a free buy and then gets advanced even two rounds ahead of. And I was like kind of interested in where that was going to go. But knowing it was the semifinals, that there had to be a winner. And I loved every piece of it. It made me feel like a little kid watching this match. Especially after twenty, this uh, what you said that was after twenty four minutes. After twenty four minutes of a classic that happened, like as you said, I think it gave the crowd a second win to get into the finish. Because yeah. you said they roared and they were loud as shit the last four minutes of this match because of all that. Well, yeah, it was like a can of soda situation where they just kept shaking it up, shaking it up, shaking it up, and then once the finish happened, they just fucking blew. The crowd was crazy. Fans round, uh, they basically ran up to the mat and just pounded the shit out of it. They were so happy to see this, and um, the train was heavily behind Jordan at this point. It was very apparent that the fans really wanted to see Jordan move forward because they. Um, God, were they loud from this point forward. They were really, really, really just... They were back on their feet. Let's be honest. They've already seen close to five hours of wrestling by this point. Yeah. That's and, a lot. And I, I liked... Joey did an awesome job of making Jordan look good. Like, that was the ultimate rub for Jordan going into the finals, where at this point, I was like, yeah, I think Jordan, whoever he is going to face against the finals, or in the finals, is going to win because... Joey Janela just made Jordan look so good during that match. And Jordan, like, not just – he didn't do nothing to make himself look good. He obviously held his own, too, and did what uh, he needed to do. But I think this was like a chef's kiss of Joey, of putting the ultimate stamp of approval on Jordan to be either the future of GCW or JCW at this point. I think what it was was Janela was basically thinking, if it's going to be in someone's hands, it might as well be in mine. So if he's going to pass it, it might as well go through his hands. And let's be on it. If, if um, let's be honest, if Jordan's going to win, he needs to beat a previous winner. What a great way to show that he is the new champ. Yeah, I, yeah, that, as you said, uh, like a perfect rub by Joey. And I, I don't think there is anyone better than I would have had put the rub on Jordan, as you said, um, in GCW like Joey. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, he is the ultimate gatekeeper of GCW. He's the heart and soul of GCW other than Nick Gage. Um, and I was very happy with Joey Janela this match. And he told a, as you said, this was a big middle finger to Cornette or, Hey, see Cornette. I don't, I don't need to do what you say. I need to do. I did this and look at, look at what I just produced during this tournament. And it was great. I'm honestly going to see if maybe he'll watch the show. I am not kidding. I think this would be something that he could honestly go. All right. There was wrestling. I, there was a lot of wrestling. I think I think anybody would be happy. He would find I think he would find something, you know. No, no, no. He'll always find something yeah. because that's shock value and ratings. But I think that he would have a higher level of respect if this was the first show he saw from GCW. Yeah. And I think that's he'd have I mean. to deep dive uh deep into his uh bag of tricks to kind of find something not to like about this tournament because this uh, up until this point, now uh, one, two more matches left in the tournament. This tournament has been incredible, and 
per, as for traditional wrestling fans and even for maybe laps fans yeah wanted to get into more traditional tournament style wrestling this was a great way and i, I wonder how many new fans they got to with this being on fight tv because i know i got a lot of praise online on on social media as well i just wonder for the price of five dollars 4.99 how much uh people tuned into this map this tournament because it was kind of a not once in a lifetime but once in the last nine years they said i think you said those nine years yeah. since the last jacob yeah. um the importance and um how incredible this tournament was i wondered how many new fans end up tuning in because of it you know what would be fun would be a, a way for gcw fans to go you know what all at once let's put on a stellar show and all the fans get your friends let's make some new people you know let's make some new friends out there somehow let's let's get some new fans you know if there's going to be a show you want everybody to watch this will be the show you know if you want to show your friends effie effie's going to be in full bloom if you want to see you know sawyer rex sawyer rex going to be out there in full bloom you're going to see what our death match is about you're going to see what lucha is about you're going to see our scrambles you're going to see what our tag teams are about you're going to see our champions flourish like that should all go into one night i know there's tons of collective shows when there should be one wrestlemania for gcw that is like it, it is the one thing because I don't know if we really truly have that one yearly one, you know, that one we have homecoming. That's, that's the one I was going to say. I think homecoming. Yeah. Like, the last, homecoming. Like, the last event that you're just kind of saying, like, I feel like Hammerstein was kind of that event of bring in, yep. bring yep. your friends, check them out, order it on pay-per-view. Like I used to in the day, check out what the new face, like the new, the number three company in the in the nation. Yeah, that what's was going, going say, on? Like, the new there. ECW of what they are doing, and I think it's an easy comp too. Of like, hey, if you like ECW and you haven't watched wrestling because of you don't like uh, the traditional stuff, come check out GCW where they do traditional stuff as we see this night, but they also do all the extreme stuff that ECW uh, was successful with as well. And I think that's what the Hammerstein show is to get those fans to come back to wrestling and i think they did a good job at hammerstein other than the deathmatch stuff as you said but i also think of like fingers tied i would like to see i mean hands yeah, tied hands tied big time new york uh commission but i i i, I too would like to just one kind of grand gcw event a year i know they always try to do homecoming but i feel like sometimes it doesn't get as promoted or feels as as you said like the big one card of the weekend or in homecoming would be two nights um it, sometimes it just feels like it gets mixed in or lumped in with some of these other shows around it because it's kind of similar with uh, uh, the matches. And sometimes they don't like, I think this last homecoming, didn't they like barely announce everything the week of, or maybe like one or two matches. Unknown. And then it, I think I remember like us talking about that homecoming. They didn't have like a lot of momentum going into it, but I'm the same way. I would like to see them, um, as you say, kind of work towards one big show that they kind of could get, uh, the crowd behind and as you said bring in new yep. fans of hey this is our this is the gcw wrestlemania uh show of their like yeah the call it year. call it like gcw exactly what you heard like something that kind of just if you want to see gcw be gcw one night this is the night and then you just give them everything we're known for yeah i i think they could i think they might be going towards that too you know? they do that they do that all the time yeah, i'm just like saying it would be nice to have one show one show where they go to a bigger crowd they get the pan out they got the cameras going the production values up and they just give us what they're known for right in our face and they tell the fans ahead of time this is where you want everyone to watch we're gonna give it to you that night see what happens but yeah this is our last semi semi-final right here 
Yes, our last semifinal matchup to winner goes against Jordan Oliver in the finals is Speedball Mike Bailey and Blake Christian. And before the bell even ring, I absolutely adored Blake Christian coming after Speedball right before the match even started. That I just, and I even wrote my notes. You were so spot on many, many episodes ago by saying the one way Blake is going to get truly over as a heel is with mm-hmm. his actions and not his words. And I've said it before. You have never been so right, my friend. And that this start of this match was just another feather in your cap and another feather in Blake's cap of putting the doubters of his heel work behind him. And I, I loved it. And I really liked how at the beginning too, um, because he jumped speedball, there was no bell and they Blake just still kept on beating him up. And then he went for a yeah. pin and then, Scarlett's like, you can go for a pin, go ahead. Uh, I didn't ring no bell yet. And I think that was a great little uh, tease and appetizer of what happened at the end of this match. And this was a matchup I wanted to see. I've always wanted to see these two go at each other. Uh, When they were at the UCC Center, like the one call back, the one memory I always have of their match and just watching it on Fight TV was uh, Kevin Gill in the background during one of these maneuvers. I forgot one of them kicked out and you just hear Kevin Gill in the background, like his brain just fucking explode and like, what? And then just fades out because he fell out of his chair out of excitement. And these two once again lived up to the hype. And now this was a more face speedball heel Blake Christian instead of face versus face, which added a totally different dynamic. And I enjoyed this match thoroughly. Yeah, 15 minute match. We're talking half of a half an hour. It was really, really good. So, yeah, you're right there. Blake jumps speedball in the beginning, but once that bell finally rings, speedball answers back. Also, we're getting a fuck Ron Weasley chant. So, uh, the chant has kind of evolved over time. I give the crowd credit for that. They're keeping it fresh, it makes it more enjoyable for me at home. Blake was working Mike's injury extensively. He's basically grounding him, almost abusive in his attacks. He was being very disrespectful. He was being a heel. The injury working adds a different dimension to each match in a good way, and it's forcing the wrestlers to use some different moves than their usual, and that also is keeping it fresh. Both men were not fighting their usual speed as the damage had obviously set in. Their shots have more impact and they show more pain from each individual strike. There was a spot again because Bailey's known for it more than I thought, but he hits another triangle moonsault to the outside. I believe his count on that night specifically was probably four or five of those triangles, but he does them so damn well. You know, um, 12 minutes in and Blake has been in control 75% of the time. People want him to get his ass kicked. And that form of storytelling is basically playing the long game in the tournament. Blake and Christian. Oh, I'm sorry. Blake and Scarlett argue so much you'd swear they're married. I wanted to mention that because I think it's funny. They may be dating. I don't know what it is, but they seem like a married couple because she gets on him like she's known him for five years and he just needs to take out the goddamn garbage and he won't that's what it feels like to me and you can feel the struggle though in each man's move they're doing a great job overall blake goes for a pin and he uses the ropes and it gets broken up he argues with scarlet again while he's arguing speedball comes from behind and hits blake with the green tea plunge that's and that's how we ended up with our winner yeah our winner with the green tea plunge mr mike 
Bailey speedball moves on to the final round, man. How you feel? Oh, so obviously I've, I've said this last collective. I said it right before the collective. I was like, there's one dream match. I wanted to see last year's collective. And that was speedball versus Jordan. And Joey Janela put that on at spring break. Uh, I think that was part two last year. And that match didn't disappoint. And now that I know I'm getting speedball versus Jordan in a finals of a tournament for a J the J cup and for the JCW uh, title. I was really excited for it. I, I was just already going into the match thinking though, the work rate would be down, which was fine because it, now they don't have to have the same kind of match that they had last year at the collective. They get to tell a new story and tell the story of a struggle of go making it to the finals of the tournament, nursing your injuries and who's going to fight through is Bailey going to, win two prestigious uh, independent wrestling tournaments and within, what, two months of 2023? Or is this going to be Jordan's uh, kind of coming out party, finally get to get win the big one and kind of start JCW's new legacy of what they plan have planned with the JCW world title and everything? Um, and yeah, this match was spot on. As you said, I made a... I forgot, I skipped one note because I got my brain was one... Uh, one step ahead of my hand, but with, as you said, the Blake and Scarlett's interaction, it immediately reminded me of Titus Alexander and his interactions with Scarlett. Every single match you could count on mm -hmm. Titus going after Scarlett and Scarlett standing right back up and getting <laughs> in his face. Um, so I love that call because I did write Blake is, I said Blake is channeling his inner Titus here going after Scarlett yeah. in my notes. Um, uh, another thing I did I, I enjoyed too was at the, near the beginning of the match where uh, Speedball went to go in for that like Blake was in the corner like sitting on on top of the turnbuckle and uh, Speedball was kind of coming from the middle of the ring and went to go do his uh, kind of like front uh, acid kick to Blake Christian as he's up, perched up top the rope but then Blake kind of just he had both legs straddled on the rope and kind of just jumped and kept his legs straddled and moved out of the way of the kick. And Veda made a great uh, point on commentary saying, mentioning that the participants and Blake Christian's been scouting a speedball and knew that move was coming. And I felt, as I said before, I felt that throughout this entire night where these opponents were scouting each other and their previous matches. And each match felt like Every moves were being countered. They had to stay one step ahead. They had to find new and creative ways to do the move that they wanted to accomplish earlier in the match. But since it was already countered and it has been scouted, had to try a new way to get in it. And I just loved that caused a bunch of different variations of these popular moves that we see these wrestlers do. And it added a cool uh, visual of them still performing the signature moves, but in different manners. Okay, so here's where we're going to go to the heat spot. After this match is over, Blake is extremely angry that he lost this way in the tournament. He grabs Scarlett and he hits a DDT on her. The crowd was absolutely in shock. Everyone was absolutely mad. The referees run out in the group to save her. Scarlett is eventually helped to the back. Now, does this, does this get ignored by Brett Lauderdale or does he hand down some kind of a punishment? Like, how does this get handled? Because this kind of opens it up. Either he just continues being an asshole and he's going to start ripping into referees now. He may get suspended. Um, who knows? A suspension angle might be good because then he can maybe, you know, kind of invade when he wants to every now and then, you know, come in, fuck up something and leave. He get booed like crazy for that, too. I didn't think the invasion angle, but I thought maybe a way to write him off for a couple of weeks because I know... Um 
I think it was just announced today they're going to be doing some Ring of Honor tapings here at the end of February for AEW. So um, I know that would be it. I know probably. like Billy Starks. Um, I think it was like in some other uh, Willow Nightingale, some other wrestlers that work quite frequently on the independents, but also show up on AEW's Ring of Honor. Um, they all had to cancel their their bookings that they already made to go to these tapings and as they're restarting back up ring of honor um on the honor club i wonder i didn't even think about that until you said that i wonder if that's a way to kind of like brett might make a statement of saying hey like you're not gonna you're you're done for like a month. Do that. you're suspended for a month you can't do that but i was the same way as you said in the crowd i was shocked that he gave the ddt i thought like love it i thought maybe he, oh i absolutely love it too that just it elevated his heel status to another level mm-hmm. in my mind because i thought okay he's gonna tease it and that's just a good way to get enough he he's not really gonna holy shit he ddt her like that's how i that's how i was watching it in my head i was like he's not gonna do it and holy shit he did it oh what's gonna happen um but watching this match, I that's a rivalry I want to see kind of happen. I now want to see Speedball and kind of Blake Christian kind of have their own little uh, um, back and forth and storylines and a little feud going on in GCW. I think they could continue and keep on putting on banger after banger matches and telling a great story, especially now that Blake's is full on heel. I think they, the depth of their story could, could go a lot deeper than when Blake was a face. He's just a bad puppy. You know, if you bring him in the ring now, he's going to piss on the rug. <laughs> That's just where we're at with Blake right now. So, yeah, I just I think maybe he may be sidelined for a while. I don't think Brett's going to put up with that because if they don't, you know, if he crosses the line with the ref, who says he's just not going to touch someone else that isn't an active wrestler? So let's see where that goes, because I believe that's another potential storyline. And I'm sure they have a place to go with that. It's funny though. You tossed it right to me, right in my notes where I went right into the speedball versus Jordan and right into the holy shit, Scarlet, uh, <laughs> right in my notes. <laughs> holy shit, DT Scarlet. Like what? Uh, yeah. The, the green tea plunge. Now we know. Yeah. I never, never heard the name of that move before. And I, I'm glad I heard it. Cause like, I always think when I hear the word plunge, I always think, well, I guess there's two Ahmed Johnson's, uh, river city pledge, I think. And then I think of, um, the Ken Anderson's or Ken Kennedy's uh, Green Bay Plunge. And I, I enjoy that move that Speedball does. It's a nice little wrinkle to his moveset. CM Punk does the Pepsi Plunge. Pepsi Plunge, yeah, that's another one too. Yeah. Which was banned by the WWE when he came over. A little oof, bit of history oof, there. Oof. Well, it's a dangerous-ass move if you look at oh, it. Yeah. It's pretty rough. So, I mean, you can't you can't trust someone maybe his size putting up someone 325 pounds in the air and putting that move on him. Well, hopefully we uh, – yeah. Ah, that's another story for another day. <laughs> so we have a four-way tag team, huh? And this I, was our this was our break in the action kind of thing. Just about to there say. was a shit ton of action in this, though. Yep, I was just about to say a nice little break before the finals as we get a four-way tag team match. Of, and this is kind of like what we were asking for. Like we wanted to see like the quote-unquote the people that lost in the first round or second round kind of still because they're all so talented to see some sort of uh, variations of different matches that they could still have that we were talking about in a loser's bracket to kind of move on in the, in the tournament. But I enjoyed this kind of random uh, mishmatch of tag teams. And I really enjoyed like the different names too, that they had uh, right, a mismatch right. of tag teams, but <laughs> the teams are Alec Price and Dante Leon. Uh, then we got Billy Starks teaming with Starboy Charlie. They came out as a brat pack. I liked how uh, they kind of were messing with the the rabbit head uh, back and yeah, forth between yeah. them. <laughs> I didn't like to see Billy smiling after what happened with her earlier, but I'm not going to 
That's Billy. Yeah, that's that, going to be something that will. With, that's with her age. I don't know if you noticed, but she has a hard time not smiling. That may just very well be her age and her personality. And I get it. I was about to say, that's her character, too. It's like nothing's going to hold her down. She's always going to be smiles and positive. Yeah. PMA, yeah. positive mental attitude with that as well. So I didn't hate it. But when I first saw it, I'm like, didn't you just get choked like four hours ago? Almost unconscious <laughs> by Charles Mason. But anyway, it was uh, still nice seeing her coming out, especially team with Starboy Charlie. Um, and then the third team is Jimmy Lloyd teaming with Marcus Mack and they were dubbed the different youth and uh i think that's why i was going back earlier talking about if there was some maybe possible dissension going on after that match with dylan mckay and marcus mathers where they might uh play into the next time they have gc or jcw programming as uh marcus mathers came out with a new teammate but i liked it different youth um cool name and then the last team which was a surprise to me and it was a very pleasant surprise. I was so yes, happy to was. see them. And they actually like just followed me too, like last week or two weeks ago on Twitter, and they've been interacting a lot too. So uh, I've always enjoyed their work, but now like with the follow and like, holy shit, they followed me. They're very nice guys. Yes, they are. And it is the Maximo brothers of Joel and Jose, the SAT, rounding out the four-way tag team match. And the real uh, SAT, by the way. Yeah, and, and I like how they made, they made that mention, too, on commentary. They're, this is the real SAT. Don't let the other SAT fool you. I love that. I like how you called it out, too. I, I, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's right. Let's be honest. Let's just say you're a band of 20 years, and your name is, I don't know, um, Metallica. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, some other band comes along and goes, no, we're Metallica. No, fuck you. That's not how this works. This is what happened. The SAT basically got their gimmick not their gimmick, but at least their name pretty much taken out from under them by a larger company. And that's not right. And I don't even know if that's fully been handled yet or not. And I don't want to get too much further into it, but I think it's BS because those guys have worked their ass off for years. And some of the people in that ring that are calling themselves the SAT have barely been as lying alive as long as they've been wrestling. So I just wanted to say that because, you know, you know, seniority counts. And whenever I hear in wrestling, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, whenever I hear the name SAT in wrestling, I automatically think of the Maximos. I, yeah. I don't even think of the other SAT, but I did like how they kind of called called it out on commentary, as you said, the real SAT. And that's I was, what's up. They earned it. They are the real SAT. And they got a huge pop too. Like that was mm-hmm. I was a, uh, I was shocked at how loud it was. I knew they get a pop, but not as big a pop as they did. And I'm glad they did. They got that pop because they have definitely earned it. Um, over all these years. I'm once again glad to see them back in GCW. And I think they've been announced as a team going against Los Macisos here coming up. I'm not mistaken at one of the Ooh, words. I really? could be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure I just saw that though, right after, like right around the this this last weekend of the Jersey Cup. But that needs to happen, dude. I want to see that. Yeah, that that would be a fun kind of old school, but with their brothers moveset. on brothers yes but with their moveset too it's kind of an old school feel but i know they would be all <laughs> they had they would the innovative movesets uh and the way the los macisos work together as a team it'd be a very fun matchup to see um i think they actually called okay there's the there's a team that uh oh no so they didn't call the this name but someone on commentary made mention of they were trying to think of hey all these other teams together the brat pack the different youth Alec Price right. and Dante Leon, they don't have a name. And like someone goes, oh, they're just cool enough as themselves where they don't need a team name. And I think it was Nick Knowledge goes, they should call themselves Seeking the Prize. And I was like, 
holy shit, that's a good one. And I think the even team Prince goes, that's a great call. That's a great team name because I, I loved it. You got Dante Leon, the Heat. It's like STP, seeking the prize. Hey, there you go. There, that's perfect. I like it. Because, yeah, Dante Leon, the end seeker, and the Prize City OG, Alec Price. Um, I love that tag team, too. That That is just innovation galore yeah. with those two teams. Like, I'm all for seeing these people being put in random wildcard tag teams. And as we saw with Axon Ray and Shane Mercer, that's one we didn't think about. And we love seeing after seeing Alec Price and Dante Leon, I definitely want to see these two uh, kind of move forward as a little bit. I know they're not going to, but it would be fun to kind of see them tag team every once in a while and uh, put their movesets together. Cause I think they're both innovative and so creative in how they do all their moves. Okay, so I'm going to be a 12-year-old again for a minute, but I'm going to hit on something we all know, we all feel, and it's true. I'm starting to get that feeling inside when I hear Alec Price's music. Like, I get excited when I hear his music. If any of you have something that you hear and you're like, oh, hell yeah, he's coming out. Like, Effie has Yellow Brick Road. Los Macisos has that song that I still can't say the name of, but I love. Like, you hear those songs and it just, you know, like back in the day, Ultimate Warrior, you'd hear Demolition, you know, you'd hear, oh, what a rush. Like, you hear that shit, that music hits. You know, um, what's a great example? Oh, my favorite, Macho Man Randy Savage. You hear that music start up, bum, 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 bum. You, you get pumped. Like, there's this feeling that comes up. It's like, you know someone's coming to town that you've been waiting on. It's kind of how it is. And that's how I'm starting to feel for Alec Price's music. I... I think he's going to be an electric face one day. I'll go out there and put that. I know he's going to be a heel. He's going to be a great heel. I think one day he saves the girl and he would be a fantastic face. And I think he'd go over well with the ladies too in that aspect. So, I mean, it's just, just having fun with it for right now, but he's an East coaster. So it's going to have to go on the East coast first and he's going to have to spread across. I think I've seen him do something. I'm not too familiar with their product, but I know he's been paired or if he saves the girl, like, Becca. like he's like a yeah, a female wrestler, Becca, that I guess he's been paired to. And I don't yeah, know if I they have Becca. story, but I don't know if they're like together or like he saved her or they're enemies. I can't remember. I just know I see those two a lot, like on the same poster, like either going against each other or teaming up. But that might be one of the names that they just said they could kind of bring over as the, the damsel in distress where he could kind of save them and save the day for everyone. Hmm. Yeah, they've <laughs> he's got a great future ahead of him. So. I'm going to go ahead and just mention here the same thing you did. SAT came out to heavy cheers, just SAT, as constant. The crowd loved SAT. I know I'm repeating what you said, but it was in my notes, and it was worth mentioning twice because it was such a loud pop. It was one of the louder pops of the night. So as of the start of this match, the tag rules were being followed. I didn't know how long to expect that, but it was nice to see it being followed. The SAT with that vicious washing machine, that's probably one of my favorite moves from them, and I was happy that they pulled it out. The minute three and four were primarily each team performing team moves together. So they were kind of keeping it fresh, making sure that every performer had his own little stage at one time or another. There was another spot where SAT was on the shoulder of Starks and Lloyd, Alec and Dante pull off double blockbusters. Then you see Mathers and Starboys on opposite corners, and they hit 450 splashes. Everyone is down in the ring, and I think Veda said that it looks like the GCW uh, locker room as of this tournament. And it was funny to see because everybody was just laid out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead. You, you now, because I think I want to clear out my notes here on this one. I think that's most of my notes on this one. No, I loved, uh, as you said, like how it started off as traditional. I was like, oh, they we're really going to have a whole night of traditional, like 
20 counts or whatever. Buy the book. Counts. Yeah, buy the book. Like more with rules, wrestling with rules. And that kind of quickly went away, which it's fine. I like, we haven't seen a bunch of crazy action going on, like with all these competitors in the ring. So I was all for them kind of breaking the rules, but I thought that would have been kind of cool to have like just one whole traditional tournament with traditional rules and stuff. But I think all eight competitors, um, especially the six that, that that weren't the SAT, coming back out after having first round. Oh, right. Dante Leon didn't have a first round, Matt. Wait. Yeah, he did the scramble. Um, yeah, he was in yeah. that scramble. Holy shit. It feels like so long. <laughs> it was, you know, like it does. Top, it does. Totally forgot he was in that scramble. But um, it was nice seeing them all come back. I, that's something I was asking for. And I'm glad we got that. And I think they all did a cool job. It was a nice, fun match. And I think you could tell they were just having fun and doing a bunch of cool moves as, uh, and doing all the spots that without having to tell a story. And like I said earlier, I'm all for that. Even though I've enjoyed how the whole night has gone of just having story-based wrestling and not just a bunch of flippy shit just to do flippy shit. Uh, there was a purpose throughout the matches, but during this one, there wasn't. And I was all fine for it because we got to saw cool moves. Is that washing machine? Is that where they ca- caught like Dante Leon and like had him behind and they wrapped their arm uh-huh. around the leg and then flip him forward? Okay, uh-huh. That's what that's called. Uh-huh. Washing machine. I love that move yeah. too. Yeah, I absolutely love that's that. That's a move. badass move. I didn't know that's what the, uh, Good to know. Our winners in this match ended up being the SAT. They hit the Spanish fly on Mathers. I'm not going to lie. Having this four-way tag in here, it was a fun breath of fresh air. It really was. It brought a lot of excitement, which was nice to have because a lot of these deeper, a lot of these matches deeper in the tournament, they do have more injuries. They have slower action. So one hell of a good call to put a four-way tag where they did in this. Um, it was just an excellent job all around. And I like that uh, with Starboy and Starboy Charlie and Billy Starks, they got like the double arm bar on. I, I can't. To be honest, I don't know if it was Joel or Jose, but um, I really liked how they kind of did the teamwork there. And th- this was fun seeing all of them kind of work together, do see a lot of different moves, a lot of variety of styles kind of put together and a scramble type match. Um, SAT definitely proved that they are the veterans and they definitely could hold their own still with all the young uh the young up-and-comers at GCW, JCW decided to throw them at this night. SAT definitely shows that they're our veteran team and could still hang with the best of them. And they grabbed the mic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we they have to Thanks for supporting the real SAT. Yeah. yeah. They hit that Spanish fly oh, on yeah. Mathers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. SAT uh, with the Spanish fly on Mathers. Yeah. I'm kind of glad too. They got low mic time. Uh, that's a one yes. thing. That's a one little thing too. I was kind of hoping to get a little bit uh, more. I know with the tournament kind of style, it's kind of hard to give mic time out, but um I was glad to kind of see SAT kind of get on the mic just for that real fast, even to kind of give them a little props as they absolutely deserve it. And that will lead us in to the final match of the evening as Jordan Oliver goes one-on-one with Speedball Mike Bailey for the J-Cup and JCW title. And I think it was a different pace match than I was expecting, in which I'm glad because they told the story of all the injuries and all the hard work that they have been uh, doing throughout this tournament, all the hard-fought matches that they had to win to get here. It wasn't a super high-speed back-and-forth match. It was do a couple moves, sell an injury, do a couple moves, sell an injury, just like how we've seen all night. And I think it really fit in, especially right here at the finals, as uh, both competitors 
Twist Up put on a 21 minute match, which was awesome to see after they said mm-hmm. Jordan Jordan had 63 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, they said going in okay, a so, match, match time going into this match. Yeah. Yeah. When it was all said and done, 84. Yeah, that's <laughs> almost an hour and a half. That's crazy. You know what that is? Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. The average match in the 70s for Ric Flair was almost 60 minutes long. Broadway. So, so that's, I mean, this is just a return to a time where you had to work your ass off, and these guys did. Yeah, you can see like that, like when jo- the Jordan came out holding his arm, Bailey came out kind of favoring the leg, and as like you said, they didn't come out all super energetic. They No, no. They, they were not. like, hey, this is my fourth match this night. This is it. They, the str- you can absolutely see the struggle of the tournament on both competitors. And I thought uh, that was really cool to kind of add more credence to what both competitors have been through so far throughout this tournament. And then it was nice to see Oliver. He's back out in the trend acid inspired pants. He's got the uh, it's like a seafoam colored Jersey J cup shirt. It looked really good. I love that shirt. I, I that's. The, I was gonna say I stopped. I had a feeling. Yeah, I put that in my notes. I was like, I want one of those shirts. The way that blue just kind of st- stuck out from all the other colors. It the that shirt looked really cool. I I do want to buy one. I hope they are selling it, uh, in L.A. or Vegas. Oh, they're probably not going to be selling too much merch in Vegas, but the, this weekend. But I hope in L.A. they are having that shirt for sale because I will definitely buy it. It looked very cool. It's kind of like as we said, the backdrop. It looks like the backdrop off the hard camera. Right. So I'm just looking right now to see if it's on GCW merch. It is not on GCW merch just yet, but I will say if anyone has a chance to get on, it looks like they've added a couple new shirts. So, hey, GCWmerch.com when you get a chance. There's a nice little plug. (laughs) But uh, okay, back to our action. Yeah, Oliver was out there. There was heavy Jordan chance. Both men were sharing heavy strikes back and forth. Early, both men were showing real pain when they got hit. We're talking in the first five minutes. These guys were showing pain like they were 20 minutes in, and that's because of all the damage they took prior. Outside of the move sets, this could have early, this could have easily been an early 90s match in my eyes. We're kind of in that same boat where we're saying this kind of has the match and the pace of a real match from a while ago where it was wrestling, no fireworks, nothing, you know, no craziness. Seven minutes in and Speedball was showing frustration. Speedball was more of the heel here, but just barely. Minute 11 and the pace is starting to pick up. There were a lot of dueling chants between Jordan and Speedball. This is where we're starting to see really that Jordan is tough. He's taken several tornado kicks and he's just battling through something that I think most people would feel is beyond his experience. And he's just killing it out there. I'm noticing everything that both men have done tonight have been different. Very little repeating of moves. That was an excellent use of drama by both men. The action picking up at around the 19 minute mark at the very end, there was a lot of two counts, false finishes. Both men were pulling out their heavy arsenal. But in the end, our winner, Jordan Oliver, he hits the double clout cutters into a power bomb. The crowd went absolutely nuts. And I'll just go ahead and go with it. Jordan had 84 minutes of ring time here. Talk to me, B. No, that was it was incredible finals. I said, uh, or as you said, one positive thing that I had, I probably said this multiple times throughout both podcasts, but I really liked how there was different variations of each move throughout the night and 
the struggle to get into their signature moves was awesome. Like the, I was telling you before we started this one, when Jordan was going to go at first to go for the clout cutter and Bailey was kind of in the middle of the ring, but rising up, Jordan like started run to the corner and looked was like, Oh shit, Bailey's not ready yet for it. Let me go back. They beat him up like a couple more punches and kicks. And then he hit the clout cutter on him just to kind of make sure that, Hey, I'm trying to put you out. This is going to be it. But once he hit that clout cutter out of nowhere on speedball as so speedball was on the top rope and uh went for the ultima weapon on jordan jordan was pretty far out there i knew there was no shot he was going to hit him but i didn't think he was going to go for the ultima weapon because he was so far and the ultimate we- ultima weapon is when speedball does like the backflip into the double knees onto his opponent's back usually right in the corner um Jordan cut, turned that around and turned it into the clout or one of the a cutter, a clout cutter. Um, as Bailey was falling to the ground, very reminiscent of Randy Orton and Evan Bourne or Matt Seidel on WWE Raw. Um, that I remember that was the first one too. I, I popped up out of my chair as a teenager watching it and uh, watching him do this. Uh, I actually saw this move before I actually saw the final, so I thought that was actually really mm. cool. So it got me excited to even got me more excited to watch the final, seeing that. They were able to pull that maneuver off after 84 minutes of ring time for Jordan and four matches into the night. Um, it just looked really cool. I thought that should have been an ending and could have been. But when Mike and then he hit like another clout cutter on top of Bailey and Bailey still kicked out of that one. And that's when Jordan hit the Batista bomb to pick up the victory. I just thought that was an incredible way to end it. And the story that they told throughout the whole match to get to that point was just amazing and an excellent way to cap off the Jersey Jacob. Obviously, Jordan being my favorite wrestler, I'm so glad he won. He's earned it. He's worked hard. I don't want to say he just earns it too. He like not or I don't want to just say he deserves it because he wasn't giving it to it. He has earned it with all his work he's been put in and. Every time we've seen him, I we, we always say he's how much he's improved. And this to kind of cap off or maybe even start the year 2023 for him on a positive uh, note. I'm very looking forward to see what the rest of 2023 holds for Jordan and what his title run's going to look like as the JCW uh, champion. Because that's what I was going to tell you earlier. I didn't want to make any spoilers, but just announced for the LA show. Jordan will be defending that belt, but they didn't say against yeah. you in the video. So uh, I am very yeah. interested to see who is his first opponent going to be in LA. But I'm glad that it is the J Cup that's knownly, mostly known for Jersey, and the JCWs usually has all of their shows at the AC in AC. I'm mm-hmm. very glad to see that JCW that belt's going to be defended in the West Coast for the first defense. So that means that that belt will be, I think, in a normal rotation with GCW and all their shows and belts moving forward. Yeah. The crowd went nuts. They were also emotionally spent. I'm right there with them. I couldn't imagine this live. There was so much going on for so long that I give them all respect for it. You can even tell towards the end of this thing, they're tired and as they should be, you know, it's approaching 11 o'clock, if not past 11 o'clock at night, they've been there all day and they kicked ass. The fans were fantastic. Um, and I hope that um, I hope the fan, like the wrestlers fed off of them appropriately, too. So here we are. We have a little bit of a celebration. But then Gage's music hits. Out comes Gage. He wants to present Jordan Oliver with the cup and the Jersey championship belt. So he comes out. He puts Jordan over a little bit and he gives him the cup and the belt. So Jordan gets on the mic. 
He thanks all of his mentors. He names them. He tells everyone it's because of them. But he also says something here I really liked. He also says it's he does it because he stays positive. He works his ass off. The fans love it. It's really motivational. I like that also. He's being an example. This is good. All of this feels right, in my opinion. It's rare to find good guys who don't come off cheesy. He's not cheesy. The silent power to Jordan up to this point has been a lack of ego. My opinion to him is he needs to continue being humble. My 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 real, you know, deep down is right now you are the champion, not what you become. Be who you are, not what you think we should see. You made champion being who you are. You made champion because of today. Continue that and you'll never lose your way. People love you for who you are right now. Just make sure you don't go too far out into the, well, now I'm cocky and all that stuff, because the minute you do is the minute we're going to lose the Jordan Oliver we handed the championship to. Personal opinion, and that's 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 a lot, but yeah. No, that was very well stated. Like, me being, like I said, I'm Jordan's my favorite wrestler since I first saw him at my first GCW show. Um, and seeing the growth that he's been from then, and then going back and finding out what he did before GCW with uh, CZW and MLW and seeing from then till now it's just the maturation as you said like staying humble he's every time we met him he's always been humble nice to my family nice to my kid um he's never once said anything cocky he's never acted like he's above us or he's actually even gone out of his way like hey i don't have any merch table right now but come over here let's just chit chat and hang out and talk over here because that's the kind of guy he is he doesn't want to let the fans down and he actually cares about the fans um and he goes out of his way to make sure that if they go out of their way to see him, he wants to reciprocate that and make sure that uh, everyone yes. leaves that meeting or that uh, scene um, happy. And he he's always done it done a great job of that. His I like I said his in in ring work has just gone up leaps and bounds, especially him teaming with Nick Wayne's and still being able to put on the great singles matches that he's done. Um, as a singles competitor, I'm very glad he won this because I was afraid that if he got lumped in with Nick Wayne, he would be kind of lumped in as a quote-unquote tag team wrestler only. When I kind of mm-hmm. I prefer prefer him as a singles wrestler competitor, uh, singles competitor preferably. But I absolutely love it when he's been wrestling with Nick Wayne. I like I the last the two episodes ago when we said that they've wrestled twelve times or thirteen times at the team at GCW. It feels like a lot more because every single time we see him, they both get better and better and better, and I. Loved how Nick Gage came out and was the one that presented him the belt and cup because no one knows how hard Jordan's worked over these last year, year and a half, more than Nick Gage as he's always in the gym with Jordan and Jordan's always pushing Nick Gage to get back in better shape too. And I think, in my mind, I think that might be one of an unsung uh, positive behind the scenes that Jordan has done for GCW, getting Nick Gage back into shape. Um from when yeah. we last saw him to now what he's doing now is the GCW world title. Like I said, that was six, seven, eight months in between and eight months prior to him winning the belt. I was like, he is not in shape. I don't think he's ever going to get back in shape. I just want to see Nick Gage once, two, three, four, wrestle four times a year. But all the hard work that Jordan's been doing for himself in the gym and pushing Nick to get Nick into better shape for this GCW world title. I think his la- one of the last legacies is reviving this and this part of uh, the end of Nick Gage's career. I don't want to say the end because who knows how long it's going to go. It's as good as he's looked, but revi- second half, yeah, reviving yeah. Nick Gage for the second half and making him look just as good as he did when he was first running GCW uh, at the beginning of the promotion. So um, 
Yeah, I don't think anybody has worked harder than Jordan and deserved it more than him. I'm glad he won. Like I said, uh, I didn't want to see Speedball win just because he already won Bola, but that would be an incredible feather in his cap as well if he would have pulled off the victory to pull off in two months of winning two of, I don't, like I said, I'm not familiar with independent wrestling tournaments other than preferably, like, really Bola. But now that they revived this Jersey Jacob and I'm more into independent wrestling over these last few years, I still don't see any other tournament that could compare to Bola until now. And that would have been incredible for Bailey to win those two tournaments in less than two months and start off the year 2023 because he's already got a crazy collective of getting all the dream matches that everybody wants. Um, I'm kind of glad that he didn't take this Jacob as well and I went to somebody who has not won it before and definitely needed that kind of... uh, Kind of not chasing after the carrot, but finally getting the carrot and getting the respect and recognition that he has definitely earned over these last couple of years. And that will lead us into our memorable moments. I just got one really big one, just Jordan. Like that made me so happy seeing him get the victory um, and seeing how he like even during the victory speech stayed humble. He didn't do nothing like, oh, I'm the champion. You got to come to me to get this belt. Like, no. Guess what? I'm gonna enjoy tomorrow. Like I think he even posted on Twitter. Like the next day, he didn't eat dinner after that. After all that stuff, but then like the next day, he's like, ah, I just. Then he like pigged out on a bunch of food. He's like, I've earned it. I worked my ass off. And then guess what? Monday, I'm back in the gym and, um, seeing him, cap off a great 2022 and starting the year off with 2023 with this J Cup. I that was my memorable moment. I've been rooting for this kind of spot for Jordan for a long time, and to see him finally get it was very. Very, uh, made me very happy. Nice, nice. I, I think that's a good one. Basically, what you're saying is, I got my Christmas present. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. Like I, oh, anything yeah. else, this whole tournament was a cherry on top of Jordan winning it. But the, this whole tournament was crazy, as you said. I want this better be an annual thing. And as you said prior, I hope they do open this up to more foreign talent, maybe talent and other companies. Just keep on getting the big names and keep on showing the greatness of independent wrestling through GCW's eyes. So I'm going to kind of keep my member one moments to the second half because we, you know, we went through the second half, but the one thing I will say is the tournament was a lot. It was better than expected. And my expectations were already high. I had it up there with Bola 23 before anyone even stepped in the ring. The Bailey and commander match was absolutely fantastic. I hope they run it back. I want to see more of Charles Mason. I'm happy. I got to see more of Charles Mason. He's showing depth and deviance. Dude is well practiced on things like walking and stalking people. I think it's fantastic. I was laughing at the uh, Ronald Weasley chance for Blake, but I also want to say Blake is absolutely killing it as a heel. This may have been his show where everything for his character turned around because it not only worked, but it was solidified match by match. Cole beating a bunch of competitors to get into the second round, I thought was absolutely phenomenal. And as someone who is a previous champion should be able to do Oliver and Janela being an epic story, the S a T I was really surprised to see him show up. They're fantastic. It was the real S a T and we love them. The main event being Jordan's first major title win. We're very proud of him. I'm with you. He's a good guy. I hope he continues to go far. I think he's going up. And it's just a matter of when at this rate, he has the type of attitude that winners have. He has that kind of, basically he'll be able to bounce back when he has a problem. A lot of people, they have bounce back issues. It seems like right now he's on a roll 
and he acknowledges that there are bad days and he doesn't want to do things and he still goes out there and does it. That's being real. And I appreciate that. So overall, I just want to say that GCW should be proud. This is officially a major cup in independent wrestling. Yes, I know it's staying, but I want it to stay. I think it should be brought onto a bigger stage. I can't find a single issue or problem with this tournament at all. I really hope that every performer had something to pull out of it that they're proud of. As as a fan, this was probably the most complete wrestling show I'd ever seen from GCW. And it showed that level of maturity that um, independent wrestling shows and independent wrestling companies don't generally have. And this put them... This set them apart from the independent wrestling companies quite a bit here. And um, yeah, we need at least this once a year, because like I said, every at least once or twice a year, every performer performer should have that one good wrestling match. This is where a lot of those one good wrestling matches happened. This needs to happen again. I really do feel strongly about that. So, yeah, I'll just echo it one last time. GCW and the talents involved and everyone else included in the production should be very proud of what they have. Uh, As fans, I cannot imagine a better show. It was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I'm the same way. They have nothing to be ashamed of or wish they would have done something differently. I think this tournament played out well, as you said just not just the wrestlers in the ring, but the referees, obviously with Scarlett doing an awesome job selling for Blake. Um, but also the referees did a great job of keeping it feel more like they had felt like they had more control than what they normally do during GCW matches, which is good because this had more this kind of followed the rules and went by the rule book. And I'm kind of glad that the referees shined in this commentary. This was one of the best commentaries I've heard GCW do. Um Dave, Veda, and Nick, you you guys killed it. The, as you said, production. The place looked very looked awesome. It was packed. The crowd was awesome and loud. And when they needed to get loud and cheer, the good guys they did. They when did. they needed to boo the bad guys, they sure shit did as well. Um, the GCW, the logo in the ring, the turnbuckle pads, the that belt looks freaking incredible. That looks like GCW sweet. and JCW pads. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot did the you JCW pad in the middle. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. I have nothing bad to say about this. This was incredible. This is one you want to hang your hat on. This is one of their better shows that they've done. I th- like for me, I haven't enjoyed a GCW show as much um, as like even from a, it being emotionally invested since maybe Blood on the Hills, where Joey or Jordan went against uh, Atticus and that no bro barbed wire. I felt emotion during every single one of these matches. I felt invested. I was like. Sometimes I was like literally uh-huh. on the edge of my seat where like I paused everything I was doing just to really focus on what was going on because it, they were telling such great stories. And this this was everything we've been asking for with GCW storytelling, great in-ring action, heels, faces. Um, it, it, yeah, I have nothing bad to say. I piggyback off you. This is one you want to put in front and show all of your fans that maybe have lapsed from wrestling and even independent wrestling. They set themselves apart, I think, from an independent promotion with the way they ran this tournament. I think this was top of the line um, all across the board, and I hope they use this momentum, and I know they will, but I really kind of hope they use this, like how they did the matches, the the story, like all the different variations and the stories. I, I want to see them kind of move forward, keep on going with this, and we all know they will because as we always end up this tournament, it's always long live gcw because they just keep on going and going and fucking going and 
they roll right into this weekend in Vegas and Los Angeles. And I'm excited, obviously, yeah. because we're going to it. But I'm also excited to see now what's to come of this uh, JCW title. What's Are they going to kind of like dive more into it of what it's going to actually represent? Is it going to be different? Is it going to be like hey, it has to be defended under traditional rules instead of death matches and stuff like that? Um, I'm just interested. I think this opened up this whole tournament opened up a lot of different avenues that they could go with the wrestlers, um, stories, belts, everything. And I'm looking forward to what the rest, especially going into the collective, what the rest of this time going into the collective holds, but also what's to come from GCW in 2023. Yeah, this was a really mature show. And it's just like, if you're raising a kid, this was the kid doing things that you're proud to see him do. Like you want to see him succeed. This is exactly what it was. This show was success. That's about the best way I can put it here. So um, real quick, do you want me to kind of just run down what's coming up for Friday and Saturday's show? Do you have a moment on that or what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I got one moment. I just do I have one last note. It's literally just sitting on my phone right yeah, now. I think yeah. this victory too was really special for Jordan because not just that he won the J-Cup, but he also beat the bowler winner. So like to beat one of the mo- the biggest, the person who won the biggest independent wrestling tournament up until this point, in our opinion, for him to get the victory over Speedball, I think that is going to, as you said, he's going to he's going on the up and up, and he might be getting signed soon. I think that skyrocketed his name into another stratosphere, being mentioned mm-hmm. in these incredible tournament winners as Speedball. I think that's going to get a lot more eyes on the product and a lot more eyes on him from bigger companies as well. Just wanted to make that one last statement because I thought that was a kind of cool little mini story with everything. No, it's fantastic. On. No, it's good you put that in there because it, it, no, that was really good. You said something there. All right. So here's our next two upcoming shows. So we're, we're thinking these are released right on Friday or Saturday. So we're going to give you the what's coming up here. So on Friday, this would be February 17th. This is going to be out of Las Vegas. We have Jimmy Lloyd's All Grown Up. So this is basically Jimmy Lloyd's birthday party. We have Sheik versus Santana Jackson, Dante Leon versus Cole Radrick, Ciclope versus Justice, Jimmy Lloyd versus Effie, the East West Express versus Commander and RS. That's my night right there. And Mike Bailey versus Miedo Extremo. So that's what we're looking at. That's out of Las Vegas. That's going to be on Friday. And then on Saturday, the 18th, we're going to have GCW's middle of the night. That's going to be from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in L.A. Right now, so far, we have a Lucha six-man tag announced. Los Macisos versus Bollywood, I believe, for the title. We have Blake versus Mac, Cardona versus Wayne, Commander versus Leo Rush, Gage versus Bailey and just announced Charles Mason versus Alley Catch and Thrissy and the mercenaries have been banned from ringside. So we're talking about two fantastic shows back to back. This Saturday show has a lot of matchups I've been waiting to see. Yeah, there's a lot of like lot. brand new matchups in this on both cards. Yeah. Like yeah. three matches all over the place. And uh I, I like how they're going back to that and giving us the dream matches because those are all incredible. I think Jimmy Lloyd's uh, someone better reinforce those walls at the FSW arena because if I remember well, not the last time Justice was here, but uh, one of the times Justice was here, his uh, head ended up going right through a wall and that hole was there for a long time. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to everything this weekend. It's going to be fun. As you said, you're going to be there too. So we get to go catch uh, our first GCW show live now 
that we uh we know who each other yeah. who we are instead of being three rows or three seats away yeah. from each other which is gonna be fun i can't wait and um just glad to see gcw back in vegas even if it's his quick little show at the fsw center i think it's gonna be fun we'll and, it. fun and chaotic and that's gonna lead right into la which is gonna be memorable i could tell as well i can't like that speedball nick gauge match that is I just have question marks. Like when I first saw that, I was like that uh, that Nick Young meme where he kind of like does a little look side look and you see a bunch of question marks. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Match, so now that was me too. I was like, really? But I'm like, hey, Speedball or Nick Gage had a great match against Leo Rush at the UCC. Why he could do the same thing against Speedball? So I'm excited. Oh and yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Um. Wow. I'm really happy. I'm my mind is almost blown. It took us two days to get these two reviews done. That's what six hours of of material we had to sit down review and then turn around and record it's been a lot man this was this felt like uh it was like a battle but we did it kind of thing you know what i mean there was there's a lot of work there six hours i feel like i feel like jordan now after all this hard work i just need to go and pig out myself and I'll take a day off. yeah yeah i need pizza and wings i'll be doing that this weekend <laughs> <laughs> no i can't oh, wait yeah. to see it and i can't wait to see everybody uh at the vegas and la shows as well we've been talking to a couple people uh that we know in the areas that go to those those shows in both places so uh as john always says too if you see us to come up say hi we're uh we're friends. I'm the people. fat ass with a five foot flag. If you see a five foot GCW flag attached to a six foot plus man, big boy, that's me. Say I, hi. Well, I could be the smaller version of the fat ass with the <laughs> two and no, I'm a see? <laughs> see, there you go. No, it's gonna be fun and I can't wait. And um yeah, this is gonna be a fun weekend and get to enjoy GCW wrestling again and I'm excited. I'm excited. Like now that we're finally mm-hmm. done with this, like now the work's over, we get to enjoy. Well, I got to edit still. So uh, I get to enjoy a little bit of the, the next couple of days and get ready for LA and Vegas and then enjoy those two shows. And we're caught up. Yeah. So, too. Hell yeah. That is a All right, feeling. man. We did it. All right. Yes, we have did it. Episode 47, Jersey Jacob, part two, Jordan Oliver, the Jacob winner. Uh, so glad to see and a great way to end off the tournament as well. On behalf of myself and uh-huh. Mr. John, ooh, I almost said it. I almost said it. I'm trying to get better with it. <laughs> on behalf call me of Betty. myself, <laughs> Betty, I'm gonna call you. Was that Ron Weasel? That, that was it. I'm you glad somebody John. noticed it because I asked John Weasley. John Weasley. I'm yeah. so glad somebody had that notice. I'm like, what are they chanting? Because Blake's getting pissed, but thankfully, yeah. you uh, were able to hear it and provide me that information. <laughs> All right, let's send him out like we always do. Long, All right. long. <laughs> Live, live G-, G C W. w.